on this episode of Quantum Week, April 16th through 22nd, 1989. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about movies and music and headlines. And our stories, uh, we are in mid-April 1989, and we're talking Major League and Like a Prayer by Madonna. Yes. Uh, any housekeeping we need to get into before we start with uh, Major League? We're, we're going next week. Yeah, where are we going? October 1988. So not that far away from now. Like six months not, earlier. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, the Patreon movie is The Accused. Which Jodie Foster won an Oscar for. Oh, yeah. I think we've talked about that a little bit yeah. on the show before yeah. we mentioned it. We, yep. and the Silence Lambs, I'm sure. And, yep. Jody, you know. yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then the, um, the free episode's a big movie. All right, what is it? Die Hard. There you go. It's a big one. That's a big one. <laughs> what are you pfft about? No enthusiasm for Matt. You were all enthusiastic. Oh, you, we know start, what, you know what it we is? We start recording and Matt just like goes to sleep. What do you mean? I had the best intro again today. You yes. would like hurt yourself. I saw you hurt your shoulder or I something. Don't have it. Like, almost like, <laughs> it's like, like you cramped up when we started the show. Something stung me. But you okay? No, I'm fine. Yeah, okay, it's good. like a weird like. Yeah, not your throwing arm. It's your left. No, I know. You're, you're right. good. You're it good. feels like, like a rotator cuff injury, which oh, we'll, don't we'll talk about later. Not my own. But. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, right. But uh, no, I. But the, you know what it is? I feel like if I react strongly in one way or another, it would telegraph how I feel about the movie. It's true, I guess. So I don't know what I'm caught a little bit. That's true. I guess, I guess you're right. Oh yeah, this is great. Let's do Die Hard. And or, then it's like, or oh, oh no, Die Hard. You know. Yeah, but we, I don't want to. Maybe tele- I don't want to telegraph it. Maybe it sucks. Maybe I hate it. Maybe I like. It. Maybe maybe I love it. You'd be kind of motherfucker. Who knows? But uh, so next week's big. I think so. Yeah, that's a good one. A big one. Accused as a Patreon show. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't a tough call there, man. No, no, no. It's no. funny. The Accused was actually number one that week. Was it the opening week? Yeah. Yeah. Still pretty wild though, like Die Hard. You know, like Die yeah, Hard had yeah, been yeah. in the theaters for a long time. I know, but like just a quick glance, you think, oh, but no, actually, it had it was been in the theaters a long time. The Accused had just come out, but and, right, but yeah. So, um, yeah, it should be a should be a big episode. We okay. got a big, we got a good episode today, Major League and Major Madonna. League. That's pretty big. Yeah, it's big. Uh, third Madonna, I think we've done. Uh, we did. Oh so yes. it's like a prayer. Please. We did. Uh, um, what was that? Justify My Love, and we did. What was the first? The bull bullfight one. This used to be my. It wasn't playground. Justify My Love. It was the. Um, it was the, the, the one from uh, League of Their Own. I, we also did Justify My Love. So we've done four then. Uh, so this used to be my playground is the yes. one that I mentioned. Uh, that's the bull riding one, isn't it? I thought it was two different ones, no? Maybe, there, so is this the fourth? I that's fucked up. This used to be my playground. No, I think that's the bullfighting one because that's the one she was trying to get a right. for. Then we did Justify My Love and now we have done, uh, and now this is- uh, You might be right. And we did a Madonna like movie a too, or you did their own. So. That's right. So once again, I'm right. And uh, Yeah, you're right, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, maybe we didn't do that, that song and we did their own. You're right, because we, it, was, it was just in the credits we made fun of it. No, this used to be my playground is that song. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. From from League of Their Own. All right. But isn't that the same that she did the bullfight for? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really. Really, it doesn't matter. No, that, that wasn't it's her a best. Stupid conversation. <sighs> yeah, it's fine. It's just fine. what it is. I'll you blame you. But it's don't blame me. It's okay. fucking your fault. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Shows off to a raw looking start. Whatever. Uh, we haven't recorded in a while because, uh, yay, I don't have COVID. But we, we, we just. Uh, I had to get tested because I was feeling a little bit weird after the uh, after we went to the live show this past weekend. I was fine. What a loser. What do you mean, what a loser? I just wanted to make sure I was. I didn't want to infect you. I didn't want to kill Jerry. I didn't want to infect you. <sighs> don't you think that was a smart play? I don't know. I didn't care, man. Like, I'll be fine. I, I know you'd be fine. I'm not going to get it anyway. Well, I didn't want to kill Jerry then. That's nice of you. Okay, thank you. 
Uh, yeah, I know we haven't done this in a while. And, you know, in Saco last weekend, I, and then- um, We're supposed to do Tuesday, but then I wanted right. to get tested. So it's it been, a like, while it's been a week, or almost a week since we've recorded. It's been a week since And then it was like nine days before we recorded the last one, so- so yeah, we're not. not I can quite, tell you're out of practice. Not quite an area. Uh, yeah, sure. Yes. Well, I'm not, I don't have a big podcast. I'm on every day like you. I'm not a big star. Oh, that's so true. I'm just a regular yeah. guy. No, but you are so, white hot um, right now. Yeah. Should we talk about major, major league? league? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to tell me how you feel about it first? Or yeah, you I can. This okay. is a damn good sports movie. This yeah. is a. Um, you know, it's funny watching this. Um, uh, this time is that it's not as funny as it was as I remember. There's actually more drama in this than I had there is. remembered. Yep. Um, and it's a good movie that has some really good performances. I feel like we've been kind of in this in this niche lately where we have these movies that are elevated by strong performances, especially Tom Berenger. Oh, he's great. Who this is? I mean, we we covered Platoon, we've covered The Big Chill, we've covered uh, even covered Training Day. Um, so this is our fourth Berenger. Yeah. And um, see see what I did out there is I actually go back and I I check and then when I'm ready to talk about it I I bring it up. See like the Madonna thing, you know. I don't guess. I didn't have to I check. I fucking knew the Madonna yeah. question because right. I remembered. What do you mean? I was right. Why are you busting well, me when I was right? right? I don't know. What? All right. Maybe you were. I don't know. Yeah, 100% right. Don't All say, right. I don't know. All Let's right. just call it what it was, which is, I was right. I think it's all more direct my facts. But this is Behringer's best. Even though Behringer was nominated for an Oscar for Platoon, I think he's better in this. In he is way. better in this because he has to be both. He's got to be fun. He has to be funny and he has to have the, the drama aspect. And he pulls off, it pulls it off like flawless. The other thing too is there's a woman interest in, you know, with Rene Russo's character, Lynn in this character. So he also has to be charming with her, which is harder than Platoon with a bunch of guys. Like there's that chemistry aspect. You're too. Right. I think this is harder to do, to pull I off. I mean, it's a lot harder to do comedy and drama in the same movie like yeah. that. And then, you know, the Rene Russo stuff is definitely the weaker link in this. This movie it gets a little slow in the second act for me yeah it's not not it's it's the movie as a whole or the Rene Russo stuff I think in general the second act gets a little slow I like really like the first and the third when you're starting to introduce everybody you're seeing everybody uh, all the characters that's fun and then yeah you know throughout the playoff well I mean thing. the second act I mean you get you don't get Bob Euchre at all in the first act so it's kind of fun that's true too you know so I think they do yeah. a good job incorporating kind of new characters and making it you know first one spring training or, or yeah. meeting or the you know just the, introducing you know, a spring right, training yeah. or the whole story mm -hmm. and in the second act you do kind of get yeah, you know, there's some fun stuff there. That's true. I, uh, maybe just the Russo stuff then is that, but that kind of dominates the second. It, that it really act. does. That's a fair point. It, there's there's too much of it because yeah. what happens is, and they probably didn't notice the time, but you know you have Wesley Slight Wesley right. Snipes who's so Super charismatic. charismatic. Yeah. He's like he's great. You know he's bouncing off the screen. He's yes. so good. Like it's really a good performance. Yes. And then Charlie Sheen obviously they knew what they had there because of Platoon again with Berenger. That's right. And obviously uh, Wall Street. Um, but so they knew they had, you know, a talented guy in Charlie Sheen and he's very good in this. He is good. Um, yeah. Better than platoon. I didn't really like his character. I, I didn't agree. really like his uh, performance. There, I think Behringer is very good in platoon. Having said that Behringer and Sheen are both better in major league, they than really platoon. Are, which is ridiculous. And I like major league better than platoon. I, it's definitely more enjoyable. I'm not trying to knock. It's platoon. definitely more enjoyable. It, it, Cause it, this is actually, so it's funny. You said, I thought it was, it's funnier than I remembered actually. I, Cause some, a lot of the jokes really held up. You, funny that you remembered what? Major League was funnier than I remember. I enjoyed oh, it more I, I than I thought saying. that I was going to. I kind of thought, oh, this might not Oh, hold so this up was funnier well. than you remembered it. Yeah. I think, I honestly. I, I really, like, I laughed out loud a bunch of times. I just thought it was, oh, I, I laughed yeah. a lot too. I just, I just thought it was more like a wall to wall comedy, but it's really mm, not. It's, it's not. It actually has a lot of drama in it. It does. And a lot of it is, you know, some of the Russo stuff, Rene Russo stuff's a little slow, but some of this stuff just like, Behringer's character, Jake Taylor. Like he's, you know, he's an old guy at the end of his rope. And like, it's like really relatable. I like, you know, in a lot of ways to just getting older and, and, but he never overdoes it. It's just like little things he does. It just how he moves or 
how how he talks and how he treats the other players. Yeah, you know, he becomes more of a mentor than yes. a, than like one of the guys. And like, it's just it's really he's really he's naturally good at it. It feels so real, and he looks like a catcher. He, he looks does. like Carlton Fisk. He really does. Like he looks like a baseball player. They all do. Yeah, he uh, even moves like it. Like he's got his he knees does. are bad. He, like, he does. I totally buy it. Totally like, buy it. He, he, and Wesley Snipes, I buy him too. And it's he's funny, so he athletic. Has, he's not athletic. And Wesley Snipes isn't. If you ever notice this movie, he never throws a ball. Oh, I haven't seen that. Right, but I mean, just his running. Yeah, his physique. Well, there's a lot of that. Is um, movie magic? <laughs> is it really? Yeah, he's so, a martial uh, artist. Yeah, he can probably move around, but he can't throw a ball. Oh no! I yeah right. And he I, no, can't I, really swing a bat. And I know that's part of his character is like he's yeah a, the bat so swing. You're yeah, right. But he's also not like terribly fast. Like that scene really? when he outruns those guys. It's in slow that's motion mo- for a reason. That's movie like, magic, huh? Yeah, like they he's were not fast. Uh, he, I don't think he's that fast. He pulls it off. He does. Well, he's so charismatic. <laughs> he is, and he he makes you believe a lot of this stuff. And uh, but yeah, they never show him. They don't show him throwing too many balls. I, I don't think they show him point. throwing any actually. Uh, Charlie Sheen, meanwhile, is a very good. It, he had a full ride, a college scholarship. For <sighs> yes, I knew he could throw like eighty five in high school or something. Yeah, he could throw eighty five, um, which is and, and he pretty, also just had good form. If you notice the stuff, and this is our third uh, Chelsea Ross movie, yeah, in a row. right? With Harris, the uh, Chelsea, starting pitcher, right? And Chelsea Ross, of course, we, we had him in Hoosiers, and we yeah. had him in uh, uh, the, um, the Michael Douglas, uh, oh, basic instinct, basic instinct. So we have him in this again. I feel like we've been like a, this weird Chelsea He's been Ross us, yeah. friend of the show. Uh, yeah, yeah acquaintance. Um, but like, if, and a part of the thing is he's supposed to be this old guy. His arms all busted, so he throws he's meatballs. Too old. But like, he's like forty eight here. Right. And then B, like, he can't. Like, he's throw. It, it would be like twenty miles an hour coming out of his arm. The wor- his right. arch is so w- yes. long, and it, the way he's throwing is so bizarre. It looks, it looks really like he's bad. Like just like tossing it. He is the least athletic person I've ever seen in a movie. He he looks like he does. He looks so his hair is so gray. I don't mind that because I mean think back. Yeah, then, but, he, though, but forty-eight though. I well, that's the problem. But like you know, he's probably trying to be like a Phil Necro, Charlie Huff, Jamie Moyer. Well, well remember it's nineteen eighty. He didn't, okay, he didn't right. exist yet. Well, whatever. Well, he did exist, but he was like twenty-six. Yeah. But like Charlie Huff, uh, Phil Necro, Joe Necro, those guys in nineteen eighty-eight. Who were older players? Nineteen eighty nine. Who were older players? Were both Necros knuckleballers? Yes, okay. as was Huff. Yeah. You know, okay. And this guy wasn't necessarily a knuckleballer, but no. you could tell he was just like that. You know, think about like Don Sutton and the eighty eight Dodgers. Like he was just getting by on the, like guile, but his hair would hit like a white afro. Like <laughs> these guys, you know, back in nineteen eighty eight, guys just looked older. Oh, they definitely did. So like he actually thought he looked the part, even mm. though he was forty eight. He looked like a guy that's like thirty nine years old in baseball. If you look at old baseball cards, check it out. Like, Is that what they look like? They look really old. He looks re- he looks yeah. really old. But like, and look, athletic. look at like George Blanda for the Raiders. No, I, I don't. I don't. Know. Oh, so he's yeah. so for a long time he was like he was the old quarterback, but now Tom Brady is like his age. And you see oh, now we're seeing the I'm pictures of yes. those two together. Yeah, like Blando looks like he's like a thousand years he old. Does. He does. And then like, but they're the same. Guys just looked older back then. So yeah, like, yeah. I'm okay with that. Which, but I don't, you know, he just. But it's such a slow wind it's up. It's very odd, yeah. but it's okay. I mean, he's, he's supposed to be throwing the ball slow. Um, but, you know, the movie does a really good job with making the baseball scenes so realistic. It's because David S. Ward is a baseball fan. Mm. Um, he's a huge Cleveland Indians fan. And he wrote this movie because he wanted to see the Cleveland Indians win a World Series, or at least win a, win a, a division, I guess. They don't even win a pennant here, but oh. um, he said the only way the Indians can win is if I write it. Is if I write it? That's funny. And, you know, they still haven't won a World Series, so he's not, he's not wrong. No. Um, how, so where you, I'm going to give this movie a B. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Yeah, B, thumbs up. All right. So we're yeah, on the same page. I, I think that's, so, that's yeah. I, I think, so it, the, my critique is that it got a little bit slow in the middle sections, particularly with the, the Rene Russo stuff. Um, and it's not like she's bad. It's just, it, I didn't, 
It's just that it dragged on forever. There's the fiance and he's going to parties and, and I all like that the stuff. party it's, scene. The party scene is probably good, but then you've got that, you've got the library, you've got you, you've got at his or her apartment. They're all over the place. Yeah. Together. So should we Chases talk, her down, talk about some of the non-PC stuff in here a little bit? I, I think we should address it because the movie in some ways has not aged well. <sighs> right. Well, before that, I just want to give one more comment on the yeah. baseball team. We only see like five players. It's so crazy. We see catcher, pitcher, pitcher. We see uh, Dorn and we see Snipes in the outfield. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't know anybody else. I mean, it's tough. I mean, baseball rosters at 25 uh, or 26 now, 25 back then. Um, it's tough to, it's, you know. But tough. I have like no recollection of any other player on that, on that baseball field. Well, it's funny. So a, a couple of quick trivia things here. So um, uh, what Clue, what is it? The guy's Clue Randell. He's like the bad guy. He's like the big yeah. early Yankee hitter. Yeah. So that's played by Pete Vukovic who was a baseball pitcher. He won the Cy Young in 1982. Right. Pete Vukovic, kind of an interesting career. He uh, was very good for five years with the Cardinals and with the Brewers. Brewers went to the World Series, of course, in 1982. And then in 1983, he's like, my shoulder really hurts. Kind of like my shoulders hurt there. Oh. Uh, but, and he ended up, it sucked. The year after he won the Cy Young, he needed rotator cuff surgery. He went 0-2 that year. Oh, and no. He was out for the year. He, he thought exercise would fix it. It, it did not. No. Um, and um, he came back a couple years later. He was a shell of himself. But just that kind of, he never got to have like that glow the year after you win at Cy Young. It's kind of that, hey, it's kind of a, must be a fun experience like yeah, to come absolutely. back and right, right at spring training, he wasn't the same. So, mm. but he ended up being a advisor for this movie uh, as well as uh, Steve Yeager. Steve Yeager was a, um, uh, a catcher for the Dodgers uh, for many years, back catcher. There's a book I read. It's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough called The Wax Pack. Mm. And it's about a writer that um, he opens a pack of 1986 baseball cards and then goes and sees what all these guys are doing right now. I think you've recommended this book before, actually. It's fantastic. He's yeah. one of the guys. Cool. Um, this book is fantastic. Uh, it's such a good read. It's the best book I've read this year so far. Um, and, uh, but it's just cool to see kind of what happened to these guys. Where do they end up? Like, you know, some of them just, after their playing days were done, just stopped playing baseball. Some of them went out of coaching. Some of them had, like, family issues. There's you know, some tragic stories in them. And it was, but it's like, what do you do in that second act of your life? And it just, for me, I'm 41 now, so it's like, oh, that really rang true to me. Like, oh, I could really kind of understand, you know, like, what do, we, what do you do now? Like, you know, how do you find peace and happiness now? And, you know, as opposed to, especially these guys, these guys peaked at 24. Right, all they they'll knew never, was baseball. And, and yeah. they'll, but they'll never ever be as good at something as they were when they were playing baseball at 26. No. So now you're, whatever, 45. What do you do? Like, how do you, how do you stay happy? So it's really interesting. It's a great book. Can't recommend enough, The Wax Pack. But Jaeger's one of the guys, um, and he was an advisor for the film, and uh, he also, he plays the third base coach. Right. But right, but you don't really see a lot of. But you can only have so many characters. I, mean, I know, I know, I know. But but I just, I, it's so it's funny to me. That I just have no recollection of anybody yeah, else in the film. That's fair. I mean, that's that's it. that's how these things. Okay, uh, before we get into, do, do you remember that this happened? David Ross as Lou Brown. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. David Ross as Pedro Serrano. Hats for bats. This is the ESPN bats thing. Yeah. yeah, it's David Ross doing the characters. Yeah, yeah. A little strange. It's a gimmick for Yeah. Okay, let's get into the PC stuff then. Um, so, so not PC stuff. So one thing about the, right off the bat, the very first scene in the movie, which I didn't know, which is wild to me, was uh, the Guardian. The new the Indians, of course, are changing their name to the Guardians next year. Yeah. And they're calling this because of statues that are on a bridge. But the very first shot of the movie is a shot of the Guardian, which is Is the Guardian the statue on the bridge? Yeah. Okay. I think I I think I yeah. Um, that's, you know, so that, so that was like, that, I was like, holy shit. 
the Guardians. Guardians are in this movie. Um, uh, you know, in this movie, you have many white people, which is what they did back then. And you know, I'm not, I'm not at all passing criticism because it was a different time. And if you don't understand that, I don't know what to tell you. But a lot of white guys are dressed up as Native Americans in this film because they're supporting their team. They're not trying to be racist. I understand how it is in 2021. You wouldn't do that now. It, it is, it is racist now to do that. Back then, I don't believe those people thought they were being racist. <sighs> I mean, I don't think it's racist. I just think that that uh, cult, like the culture, can't can't handle it anymore. Well, I don't, think I, it, I don't it doesn't, know. I don't dressing think it, up as a Native American and, and kind of mocking they're they're belittling that. I don't I, feel like they're mocking it at all. I think that they were excited by the experience and they're supporting their team. It didn't look like it. Did, that doesn't strike me as someone who is mocking that culture. I think it is. You I think, think, so? I, I think that in a way, I don't think they're trying. I don't think they're doing it. In, they're not saying I'm going to go. Make fun, no. of, make fun of Indians today. I don't no. think that's what they're doing. But I think it's a lot of like, oh, like this is fun to do. It's fun to dress up like this. And it's fun to, like Bob Uecker in the movie was making a lot of like puns about Native Americans. Yeah. And, and, but like, but it wasn't, it, I don't think it had malice behind it. I guess that's the thing is like, I don't think where someone did today, I think there would be malice behind it because it's not socially acceptable anymore. But I think back then, it, it, it was a different time. It's, if you weren't alive, then it's hard to understand, but there was just some things more relaxed. I'm not saying, I, I, I'm not saying it was right, but I'm also not saying that these people were evil racists. Like, it's just not, it's just not what happened. Yeah, They were good people who just, it was just a different culture. And yeah. we're probably doing stuff right now that we think is fine. That 40 years from now, people are gonna say, that guy was racist because he did this. And we were like, we don't even know we're doing anything wrong. But that's just how things evolve. And that's okay. So I don't think these people were evil, but it was just, it's just very odd. It was very much like, whoa, shit. It's so true. I, you don't see it. There's yeah. a lot of shit going on in this movie. like, you just wouldn't see today. Yeah. Um, and and it, it was just, it's, it is, I don't say shocking. I wasn't like, but it was just like, oh, that's right. This is made in 1988. Right. Or 1989. Like, oh, I, this is a different time. Um, so did that. Did it didn't, it, it doesn't, it, it didn't. I it don't, didn't take you out of the movie at all? I, I just didn't, I don't take it as them trying to. Yeah, the the intention isn't there. I, I I know it's hard to see into someone's heart, but the intention didn't seem agree. to me like they were doing anything but celebrating their team. Um, Absolutely, you know, and the and the mascot. So right. I no, but I fully I fully acknowledge that it wouldn't be done today. And I'm, and but I'm, I don't know that I feel good about that. It's like it, oh, I, I do. I, I I do. Do you? Yeah, I don't think it's right. Like they, we don't need to be dressed. No, up but in I just see like polls. Like, yeah, but polls. Like, by if you, I've seen the polls from Native Americans who. Uh, yeah, it depends who's doing the poll. Like just, it's just, let's just let's just do the right thing. You know, like. But uh, do you think that's the right thing? Why does a sports team need but to like, be but, called that? Oh, it doesn't have. Oh, it's okay. Like, there's so a lot of other names you could like. You don't need. Okay, to so you're okay with them changing their names to the. Yeah, I don't. I think the Guardians kind of a lame name. That's a terrible name. My thing is like, you know what? It's like, if it's going to offend people, like, well, maybe we could, this is another, there might be a better way. But I'm wondering who it's actually offending. I, 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 I've seen some Native Americans be upset about it. Sure. So those people are. Right, but is it the majority or the- I don't or know, is it but a, like a those people are. Like you could pick but a name that's not going to offend anybody. I know, but then anything that you, but anything that you say, as long is, as, it, but hold on, anything that you say that isn't, has an opinion will offend somebody. Right, but this is so direct though. Like this is so directly- about them. Like, it's like, I don't know. Is, it, is that necessary? I don't know. I don't really have a strong feeling either. But if someone, like, uh, so I'm Italian, I'm 50% Italian, so if people do the Italian uh, like, Luigi oh, voice, it, so what, it's a, don't it's give a Mario. shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't, like, that's you a know, caricature right. of a thing. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. I get it, but there's also not a team called the... The Italians? I'd yeah. Be, I, I, it wouldn't, I, I just wouldn't care. It wouldn't bother me. 
Because I don't identify that way. And I would imagine that most people don't. Most people identify as like, hey, I'm an individual. So, on the other side, they'd be like, well, we had different struggles and maybe than, than you had. And I don't know. I mean, people were pretty racist against Italians when they first came over. They were. I, look, I mean, it's a slippery slope with this stuff. My, my thing is like, eh, you know, you're like kind of representing the city. It's going to piss people off. And obviously it does. Is it the worst thing in the world to change it? No. Am I the one who's like going to be picketing? Like, you know, they should change the name. The only one, I, the only team I, I really was like, oh, I don't like that is Redskins. That was one I was like, ah, that's, that's not right. Yeah. That, that, that was one I felt pretty strongly about. Indians, Braves, a lot of these, you know, it's like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Is that Blackhawks for hockey? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a native American. I don't know. So I don't want to, I don't want to, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm wildly offended. I'm, I'm not. But I think if it's something, if there's something we can do to make things, you know, Life should be, you know, life's hard enough kind of thing. Like I said, I don't have a strong feeling either way about it, but I can understand why somebody would. Oh, I, I can understand. And yeah. I don't mean like someone like a 19-year-old, like white college girl. Like I don't re really care what she thinks too much. You know, I'm not trying to like, or a 19-year-old white college guy. Like, I don't, but if like a Native American's like, hey, this, this name kind of offends me. It kind of sucks. It's like, oh, all right, I can, I can kind of get that. Like, well, you should do what the market dictates. And if you're losing, yeah, uh, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're losing fans or if you're losing you know, uh, you know, business opportunities because of your name, then the market will dictate that and you'll change it. Um, I think a lot of that though is um, a small, like small group of really loud people who are really offended by it. And uh, well, that's the problem. I mean, that's the thing now too, is we, everything is offensive. So it's like, where is the line anymore? Like that's, you know, a, that, that's probably, we're never going to find that. People are just going to start pushing back hard. I, that's the problem. Social media has allowed a lot of this to happen yeah. too, where it's like, oh, everything just gets amplified and everything's just like red button issue. It's like, that kind of sucks. Cause now like, we don't even know what's offensive. Like, Cause some things are actually offensive. Some things are agreed. Actually like not right to do. Some things agreed. are racist. Agreed. Like, it really happens. Uh, 100% agree. Yeah. 100% so like, But then if everything's racist, then nothing is. Exactly. And that's the problem. Yeah, so just diluting And that's it. what I mean. So something like this, I was like, eh, I was watching it and I, I try not to be too, um, Oh, that's terrible! Or oh, 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 like try, I try to get offended. I mean, people listen to the show. I don't get offended by too much. I don't think. No, no you don't. But it's like watching. I was like, eh, that's. I don't. I'm not saying that guy. Like those when they show the fans, like with the war paint on, like yeah. the white guy stuff. It's like, yeah, that's not great. But you know what? If I, in 1988 or 89, if I was an Indians fan. I probably would have worn but war paint. But like, I didn't think I was being racist. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to be offending somebody. But I just thought it was fun. Yeah, or to fun to support my team. That I guess way. I just picture like you know uh, someone in in the white chef hat and white chef suit with a big belly and yeah. a huge mustache. Uh, the Italians, you know, as a mascot, I would have like no. It would just. But it also doesn't exist. Like no, this does exist. There is a chief Wahoo. There is like you know look at the Braves logo, nineteen sixty nine. Like it's like ah, it's kind of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> that's not great. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm like Chief Wahoo's on all the hats, like in this movie, and it should be because that—that's one thing I like. The movie it gets the authenticity so right. All the uniforms are right. They even like when they're supposedly at Fenway Park, they change the green background so it's like a lighter green. It looks like Fenway. They did a great job with that. So they should have Chief Wahoo sure. on the hat, yeah. absolutely right. But it's like eh, I wouldn't buy a Chief Wahoo hat like now, but I would have had one then. I would have had one then. Of I thought it was a cool logo. I'm sorry. I thought when I saw it when I was a kid, I was like, oh my god, that's a cool logo. Like the Blackhawks logo. I love that logo. The sure. same thing. I mean. But like, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear that now, you know, but like. Yeah, but, I probably wouldn't either. But, but, but uh, only because I'd just be, if I wore it, it would be out of respect. But I, but the only reason why I wouldn't wear it is because I was afraid of what other people would think of me. If you wore it, it would be out of respect? Yeah, if I wore that, if I. Respect yeah. for whom? Well, the team or the, it, if I wear it, it's because I like it. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool. Like I, I, it has value for me. 
It's the opposite. I'm not making it be, I, I wouldn't wear a piece of clothing to try to insult somebody else. No. There's no reason why I would and, ever do that. And that's my point. So what I'm saying is the only reason why I wouldn't wear it is because I'm worried about what other people are thinking. And that's just, that's a shitty way to go about life. I don't know if it is. I think that's actually a pretty fair way to go sometimes, about it. Sometimes. Sometimes. Like, so I like wearing old um, baseball uh, like right. logo shirts. Like yeah, I have yeah. like a Mar- I have like a Mariners shirt. I like yeah. I, I, the famous picture I have with the blind like sneakers. Yes. I'm wearing a, a Seattle Pilots. Right. Those, those are the Brewers for the year they were in Seattle. I think it's just like, it's, I like some of the old logos. I like that yeah, style. Awesome. I think yeah, it's, it's cool. cool. I think it looks cool. I would never buy like the, you know, the Boston Braves, which sucks because it's a Boston Braves jersey with Babe Ruth that I really want. Yeah. Cause he, uh, but I would never, I think it look funny because I'm skinny and it looks funny. Um, but I would never buy that because it has like, it's, it's, it's not right. Like it has like some, you know, it has a native Americans like face. But you can it. wear like, oh, it. Like, you can wear it out of respect though. That's the thing. Out of respect for who, who am I? Who, I don't get the respect thing. I don't, I don't get that. It's a weird, I don't wear things out of respect. I would not wear it out of respect. But that, no, cause that symbol means something respectful to me. It mean, it means something that like. It's a 1935 Boston Braves. You know, I don't know. But I mean, at some point you're like, what? Is it worth? No, it's not worth it. But that's right. yeah. But you're a go along to get along type of guy now. That's a different. That's a different no. situation. No, you weren't always like that. I don't think that. I don't think that is. I don't think it is. Out of, I'm I, just saying, I think, like you can't see what's in someone's heart right. just because they're wearing a shirt that you know it doesn't mean that they're, they they might they have it. It has might have nostalgia for them. It might have like warm feelings for them. And those are all good. That those are all good things. If I saw a guy in the street tomorrow yeah. wearing a big Chief Wahoo like T-shirt, what would you think? I'd be like, oh, all right. I wouldn't say that guy's a racist, but I'd be like, not something I would do. But I'm also not gonna be like, get him a white hood. <laughs> right, 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 like, right. Like I would, I would probably, you know, if I met him, I was talking to him. I, I just talked to him. This is the problem. But I wouldn't go- like lecture him. I'm, just, I'm curious about him. Maybe. We're going through life right now, looking at people and thinking that they, whatever they do, is with the worst intentions, and that's not how it always used to be. It used to, it used to say, it used to be going through life saying, okay, this person has right. the best intentions I agree with that. in mind. And, and we've gone so far the other side right. of that. It's fucked up everything. Sucks. Yeah. So Matt, Matt can't wear his uh, Blackhawks jersey. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, the, I don't, I don't have, I've never been a Blackhawks fan. I've yeah. been a Bruins fan, but you right. know, I've been a Red Sox fan. Yeah. I've been a Patriots fan. But so I've never, I had to deal, it, I've never had to deal with that, but like, but it does watching it now. It does. It does take, 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 took me out of the move. Not took me out of the move. It was just a little bit, I'll say, it was just like, whoa, shit. It's right. I understand. And it sucks. Um, the other element of this movie is, you know, he's like stalking Tom Berger, just stalking Renee Russo. He is. So shows yeah, up in her house. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, that's not good. No, it's um, not. you know, that's, that's not, that's not great at all. But I will say once again, I'm not, he's right. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I had a son. I wouldn't want them to do it. I would tell my nephew not to do this. In 1989, that was unfortunately more acceptable, especially in movies. But again, like I we think. don't know what maybe it was in real life. I wasn't dating them. Maybe it was. It's not good. We don't know what their relationship was like, and maybe that was allowed in their relationship. That type of forwardness was allowed in their relationship. We just don't know. Yeah, I mean, they were super familiar. You wouldn't do that if okay. If he were doing that to a stranger, that would be really right. fucked up. They had, been but at they, least they had right. a they had rapport I already. I mean, it'd been a few years. It sounds like, but still. And she like kind of didn't want anything to do with him. And he kind of keeps chasing her. But like that's not a major league problem though. Like that was pretty standard in any a lot of romance in the eighties. I watch a lot of movies in the eighties. Check yeah. them out. They almost always have this thing where the guy like doesn't take no for an answer. Yeah, there's a Mr. Mom pushing. situation where the boss is like all over. Uh, well, that's different. I, that's different. So this, I mean, because the Mr. Mom thing, you, that was like the villain was Martin Mull. That's true. Yeah. In yeah, this yeah. one, you in these eighties the movies, you have the hero yeah. keep chasing after the girls. I mean, hey, scram! 
And the guy's like, well, I don't take no for an answer. And he kind of keeps pestering her. That's like a pretty common trait in a lot of 1980s right. movies, yeah. which is not good, but it also is just a, a sign of the time. It's just how things were. Once again, not great, but it- Sign of times. Yeah. I mean, that's what, it's kind of what we do in this show, but- um, uh, but I, was I see say, that. I don't think this is a movie that's steeped in racism or sexism. I just think those are things that I just wanted to bring up because they are, you know, we're in 2021 and that's, that's just, yeah, 50 years from now, people, people watch, it's going to really look forward to them. I mean, uh, it looks forward to us, but it does, uh, it's going right. to, it's going to probably continue to go in that direction. I know. Yeah. I know. Once again, I always say physical media, if you're a big major league fan, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, but it might get harder and harder to find. If you know, if we keep going this way in 15 years, this can be easy to find streaming. Do they edit the, uh, the office this week? Was that, is that yeah. when that happened? Yeah. That's crazy. That is goddamn crazy. It's like it's satire, guys. Here we are. Come on. He's the, vil- he's the villain. He took an episode one. of The Office off, uh, off Hulu, uh, I believe. No, I'm sorry. It's Comedy Central. It was doing a, like a marathon of Office shows, and they took off the Diversity Day episode, which is wild. It's wild. Uh, they've taken off five different episodes, I believe, of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia off Hulu. Jesus. Which is even crazy, because Comedy Central might be like, hey, look, any... I, I'm not agreeing at all. It's insane. No, I know. I know. But it's like, uh, we're on cable, whatever. Like who, like you're paying money for the service. Like right. show me the fucking shows. Right. Um, but that's where we're going. If you don't have physical media, you're, you're a sucker. Um, I want to talk about David S. Ward because he had a wild career. Yeah, let's do that. I was looking through his shit. It's fucking insane. It's so weird. when he's 28, he writes this thing. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. It's like, okay, this is Paul Newman, Robert Redford, <laughs> right. uh, Robert Shaw. Like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then he doesn't do a movie for nine years. And I don't, I think he wanted to direct. And I think it was hard for him to find the right project. And I think maybe studios weren't like super thrilled about having him direct. Like I think, but he really wanted to direct. And he directed a movie. I'm looking it up here. I'm not going to lie. It's called Cannery Row. I know nothing about it. I haven't seen it. And then that didn't do well. And then he ended up writing The Sting Part 2, which didn't do well. And then he ended up kind of getting kicked around. And at one point, it was pretty low. And what happened was his buddy from this thing, the original one, Robert Redford, reached out. He's like, hey, I need some rewrites on this uh, movie I'm working on. Uh, he directed it, Milagro, Beanfield War, which, uh, which got critical uh, acclaim. Not like huge, but it, it was well received. Yeah. So he did some rewrites on that and actually ended up writing a good chunk of the script. He ended up getting, even getting credited on it. Mm. And that's what gave studios, oh, shit, we forgot about David S. Ward. You think he would have written something in between, though? Nine years is a long time. I mean, time. he did write stuff, maybe it didn't work. Yeah, it could have been. Um, but one thing he was, he did write, that was kicking around in that time period, was Major League. Yes. And um, because of the success of Malago Greenfield War and the fact that he uh, already had an Oscar win at 28, <laughs> you know, he'd been kind of forgotten about by Hollywood at some point, uh, he, uh, they let him direct Major League. And Major League, of course, became a huge hit. Um, 75 million only cost 11, which seems crazy low. Yeah, they, it, they did. Cause you think Behringer would have gotten paid a bit. Behringer's coming off an Oscar uh, nomination. Not known. Was was nobody, was pretty, nobody. pretty, yeah. Um, uh, Charlie Sheen. Exactly. And then Corbin Burnson, we haven't talked about him enough. We will in a second. Um, cause he's very good, but I mean, he's a TV star. So he's not yeah, gonna, so, it, I mean, it's actually, it's not that LA crazy Law or something. Yeah. Like, LA okay. Yes. <laughs> Matt and TV. I know, I so never, but I never watched that. Did you I, watch I it? Know, I know. It's just, that's, it's just funny. It's like a, that was like my parents. Show. I understand. I understand. Yeah, okay. It's just funny. Dude. Um, so then he, then he writes and directs King Ralph. Oh my God. Oh, I did John see Goodman, that. I which, saw it. I think I saw it in the theaters. Me too. We were at Lilac Mall. Uh, anyway, I saw it. Yeah. Not great. And then, um, he vividly then he, remember, uh, John Candy on that piano, like doing well, King Ralph with John Goodman. That's what I meant. Sorry. John Goodman vividly, on the piano. Vividly remember it. Huh? Sorry. Vividly remember. John, what did I say? John Candy. I meant John Goodman. I know, I know. I'm being a Kicking t- the fucking like stool behind him and like 
Good Guy Miss Molly or something on that. Peter thing. Peter O'Toole is in that. Um, oh yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. kind of plays like his helper. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so then he writes, uh, helps write, co-writes with Nora Ephron, uh, Sleepless in Seattle, and he gets another Oscar nomination. I didn't know he wrote that. He co-wrote it. It's more Ephron. Yeah. She directed it too. He, I think it was a situation with Milagro Beanfield War where they wanted someone to kind of help. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He, he, he was credited. He got the nomination. Um, it was the only two nominations he got, and they were you know, 20 years apart, which is wild. And then he went and directed um, The Program with James Caan, which is an odd movie. It's I not- I saw a long time ago. It's not, it's not terrible. It's not good. Uh, Major League Two, and then he directs a down periscope with Kelsey Grammer. Now, <laughs> and, and that's that. that, that but, um, it, 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 you know, Major League Two also doesn't work. We might run into it, but it's-, it's, it's It doesn't probably- work so much that I'm, I'm confused why they did a third one. Like it lost money, two lost money. And then third, like- Well, yeah, right. but they did it on like a shoestring. I guess like no one came back for it and stuff. So, um, yeah. So Corbin Burnson, uh, as Roger Dorn, this is fantastic. And the, I love that this character is in here. Cause we don't typically see a ton of like, Oh, I'm this like overpaid free agent guy. Yes. I don't give a shit anymore. I care about, um, you know, watching, uh, you know, the financial shows on TV. I don't really, he's not watching ESPN and like, you know, that's still like a thing, like in yeah. today's baseball, like, like a you become of- a brand. Yeah, and, and you're like, all I care about is my stocks, and like, yeah. I mean, you even see it with like broadcasters, like Mike Francesa, famously from uh, Mike and the Mad Dog, who I used to be a huge fan of. Um, he would not watch; he'd watch sports when he had to, but like the first thing he did when he got into his car was like check the stocks, <laughs> and like, like all he cared about were his stocks at the end. You could tell, like when he, you know, doing the show, he's like half asleep and he doesn't give. Like all he cared about was his like his stocks. You could tell Mike's mood on the show was like how the Dow was doing. Like if the Dow had a bad day, like Mike was gonna be in bad mood. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, probably the same thing with Kirby Burson's character. You, you know, he had, he had like three TVs all lined up for that. And, um, and I like that this show some of the philandering, like, you know, baseball players famously cheat on wives. I worked in minor baseball. I saw it happen really? a number of times. I saw angry wives. I've seen like- At play, minor I, league? What are these guys? I'll put it this way. Well, remember a lot of these guys I work with were independent baseball. So they already were major leaguers. So this yeah. is like at the down end. Yeah. So like, but- I had one guy, I used to work the tickets and he's like, all right, here, I need to have two tickets, but it's for two different women. One of them was his wife, but they cannot sit together. So I had to have like one, like the first base side, one on the third base side. And I had to like make, why don't you have yeah. your side cheese, like not come to the game? Like, what? I think it's part of the fun for them. Uh, it's part of the, is it? Yeah. It's a thing. That's crazy. Like that's the thrill. I think a lot of it. Yeah. You got all your women's there. But yeah, it was, um, it's wild. Like, and so that's real. So that really happens. And it's, you know, of course, you know, uh, was it Dennis Eckersley, right? Uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting who, who was the Indians player. Yes. Oh, Rick. Yes. Ah, uh, but he, they, he cheated on, right. Uh, he cheated, he, uh, blew up ex marriage. Um, Mike Kikik and Fritz Peterson, two Yankee pitchers famously traded families. That's right too. Wives, houses, kids, everything. <laughs> Um, so like, you know, th- and those are obviously extreme situations, but it happens. Well, I've heard stuff on Red Sox too, with like maybe Manny Ramirez, uh, wife and all sorts of stuff. I've I, heard. Stuff happens. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if I know the Manny stuff in detail, that, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely a reality of it, uh, in pro sports. So they have that. I think like Ward being such a baseball fan, he makes it even, you know, he makes it fun for baseball fans to watch this movie too. Yeah. Well, I think the script is quite good actually. Very good. And very funny. Uh, probably better than his direction, I would say. I, I think I, I think the quips are quite good. Like when they're going in the beginning, uh, in the beginning, uh, the owner gives you know the GM a list of people, and the guys he's like, 
this one's dead. And she said, we'll take him off the list yes. then. Very <laughs> so funny. funny. So funny. Some stuff was ad-libbed um, just a bit outside. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Bob Uecker ad-libbed Iconic. That. I mean, everybody yes. knows that one. Pretty much all of Bob Uecker's lines were Bob Uecker, um, which is pretty impressive. He's yeah. very funny. I, he I, is funny. I, I watch a lot of Brewers. You know, I watch, I, I've watched a lot of baseball and I've had the extra innings package for years and Brewers games run. He doesn't do it as much anymore. He's so old now, but. It was fun watching Brewers game. The Brewers, you, you know, especially in the early 2000s, sucked. Yeah. But I throw on a Brewers game just to hear Bob because he's he's, he's just charismatic. Good. He's funny. And um, uh, even uh, even uh, Pete Vukovic got in the line like, "Hey, how's you know how's your wife and my kids?" <laughs> right, like that's an ad lib, right, right, right? You know, so like you know, so some of this the word script was very good. But then he, as a director, you also had the freedom. Sometimes you have when directors write the script. Sometimes it They're, you can only do the words on the page. Yeah. That's it because because it's their script. Yeah. Other times. I find they're, it's the other way and they're completely loose about it. It's funny how it's like there's, there's no in between, but like Ward is one of those guys like, all right, whatever, here's the script. But like, let's, let's have fun with it, which is pretty cool because it works. This whole movie feels so fun. It's very fun. You may run like haze, but you hit like shit. That's another good one. <laughs> so there are a lot of, a lot yeah. of good one-liners all over the place. I remember that it, it was, it's wild thing. It was, it was Charlie Sheen that kind of stuck in my mind after this movie, but he has a very, he kind of has a small part. He's not the most dominant figure it's here. It's Barringer's movie more than Chase. It is. It really is. Um, which is a foot from Platoon, of course. Um, but yeah, he doesn't have a huge part, which is cool that he took the movie. Um, because, you know, he probably could have top-lined some movies, which eventually he does, and it kind of kills his career. Yeah, yeah. So whoever his agent was at the time was smart. To kind of, he's more of a supporting role kind of guy. He really is. Um, and he also is, you can see his, like, he's funny, though. Like, he's obviously funny in Ferris Bueller, a very small part. Yes, very good there. he's funny here. And it's like, oh, this is why this guy worked on sitcoms. You know, like, Spin City and then Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men did not work. But it's yes. not, well, it's not for us. But it, there is still a skill of, like, landing a punchline. Like, That's it's true. not easy. And, like, he can do it. Yeah. Like, you know, those aren't funny shows for us. But he was able to be the number one show on TV for a long time by landing those lines. So I said that he was on steroids for two months uh, working his way into this role. Do you think that was... Think he's lying? I, I, he may have been. I don't know. It was Charlie Sheen and stuff. Sometimes you kind of like, I, I don't know. You, you don't know what to believe. So at some point, I don't really kind of care. If that makes any sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm much more interested in Charlie Sheen, like up to hot shots. Like that person, I'm really interested in. After that, he's After, just a, and then kind the, of a nutbag. He just becomes, he, it becomes like, it's all about Charlie Sheen, yeah. like the tiger blood, whatever, this weird stuff. It's like, all right, just doing it just to. Just to get a tent, you yeah. know, he became, you know, it's a, but I think this stuff up until Hotshot, this, this is an interesting career. It's kind of sad that, but maybe he was limited. He's a good looking guy. Maybe once the looks kind of go and maybe there isn't a lot more to the table there. I mean, we, we talk about Platoon. He didn't really, no. you know, we have Baron and Defoe acting their ass off. And, yes. And then he kind of changes there. He's good in this, but this is, he's not, he's not asked to do a lot. No, either. he's not. No, he's a, he's a secondary character. And, uh, that's what's, the, what's the manager's name? Oh, uh, uh uh, the cast is front of him. He can help me. Uh, who is it? Lou, is Lou the character? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's James Gammon. Thank you. I always yeah. forget his name. I'm sorry. Uh, James Gammon, a very good supporting actor. Yeah, who is he's great. Fantastic in this. He's great. Completely nails that, like, that antagonism with the ownership. Yep. Like, and he, he, he believes in the players, but he kind of busts their balls too. Like, it felt so real. Uh, he's so good. He's, and he, he doesn't try he's too hard great. for a joke. No. It's natural. Oh, you forgot. We forgot a player. Another player. Uh, Pedro Serrano. Oh, of course. Yes. Which Boy, another like. thing you would not see today. No, you wouldn't. Fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself is yes. a great line and that everybody remembered too. But no, you wouldn't. Very good you line. wouldn't see. Definitely kind of. Uh, you wouldn't see that. In 2021, definitely kind of. Eh, 
and racist. It might be now. Not saying it was then, but now it's definitely jarring. People might think of it that it's way. It's Odyssey. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, but I don't think. But so cool thing is when he hits that home run, he has the bat. He actually hit a home run. That was, a, that was the actual home run he hit. Oh, really? And he was like, as the actor, he was so excited. He's like, I don't want to lose this bat. So I think he still has the bat. Like, oh, yeah, good like, for him. Uh, I'm sorry. What's the guy? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm flaking on actor's names today. I'm sorry. Um, um, that is a great uh, Peter uh, he, Serrano. Dennis oh, he's Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert, right. Yes. Dennis yes. Haysbert, of course. Uh, 24, right. the Allstate All commercials. commercials. Yeah. Uh, but he's very good in this, and he looks like a baseball player. He's good in general. He was good as the press. I saw the f- just the first season. He's a good actor. All, all I really cared about, but uh, he was very good there. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't watch a lot of 24. Yeah, but, that first but, season, I, but I've seen him pop up and stuff, and he's always good. He's always good. It's a very good cast. It's a very good cast. Yeah. And like Corbin Burnson, like he's not someone you'd expect to cast, you know, because he's, you know, has that kind of TV background. He's, this is a move. Like, but I know L.A. Wall, Matt, Matt's right. It was a stuff show for older people, but L.A. Wall was fucking huge. I know it was huge. Like uh, it was a giant show. It was one of the biggest dramas. You know, Hill Street Blues got more Emmys um, for sure. It was more critically acclaimed, but L.A. Wall got more ratings. Like yeah. people watched L.A. Wall. No one watched, I mean, comparatively, no one watched Hill Street Blues. Like, right. The critics did, but like, L.A. Wall was like a movie like everyone, like the water cooler was talking about the next day. Like that was a huge, huge show. From, like, was it on like 88 to 94 or something like that? So this kind of tapped right into that early start they had with that. And Bernstein was, was, a, uh, was a big star like on TV. Yeah. Uh, and he's so good here. He, he, he could have, I don't know if he could have been a movie star. He wouldn't have been a leading guy, but. Uh, I feel like his career, L.A. Wall stuff, obviously major league stuff. But what did he do after that? He was in that show, I guess, Psych on USA. He had like a, a, I think it might have been one of those USA shows. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But right, he did. I think he could have done more. I think what happened was, so he married Amanda Pays, who's in a Leviathan. She was also Max Hedrum, I believe. Yeah. Um, very pretty. Yeah. Um, and she retired from her career. He had four kids. And then she ended up kind of focusing on her family. And I think he kind of like, eh, like once LA Law is over, major league's done. So I, like I made my money. He's kind of like, I'm going to kind of hang out my wife and kids. Like, this is a pretty good time. That's like, not bad. I think it's, I think Corbin Bernstein's like one of those guys that like did it right. Like, I know his career, maybe it's like, oh, you kind of wish you had done more. Maybe, right. You're like, what kind of happened to this guy or where? But I think he like, is like, seems like a genuinely like happy guy who has this like great life and is just like kind of Kevin Klein, not as talented, no, not no, as no, accomplished. No, no. But that same kind of thing, we're like, no, I got this great life. I'm not going to work because Kevin Klein doesn't work a ton. It's like, why am I going to, I have, BB Kate's at home. I have these great kids. Or yeah, am I going to yeah. fucking, I'm, I'm, I'll do, you know, one movie for two years. Why do you, why do you do one every year? Don't have to, which I totally get. Yeah. Like, why not? So I think Bernstein just has like a great life. The only other thing I wanted to say is I, I started watching, um, Ted Lasso, uh, the show on uh, Apple. Yeah. And I, uh, there's a lot of borrowing from this. Oh really? Yeah, there is like, you have the same kind of ownership, um, Okay. Situation where there was like a divorce, or in this one, um, the owner died, died. and left it to. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be based off Georgia Frontier, the owner of the Rams. E- yes, right. It was kind of a similar thing where the ownership is trying to sink the team. So yeah. they do the their best. Like Ted Lasso gets brought in, and he's a football coach for America, and he has to coach soccer in England. Yeah. He's trying to sink the team. There's a lot of a lot of overlap there, which is a little like, eh, kind of felt it. Um, that show's okay. The first maybe three or four episodes are actually quite good and charming and interesting and funny. And then it kind of goes a little, so I have, a little dive off that. I have a lot of friends, like my positive, I have some friends that are like ultra positive about everything. And it's uh, all right. You have friends like that? I know. What? I know. So they're like, oh my God, like Ted Lasso is everything. Like they're all, I mean, it's just like, so they say that and I'm like, hey, so, so I watched the trailer. I watched the trailer. And I'm like, this looks fucking horrible. 
It's not well. Like, there's nothing about this. I, I probably have. I'm sure that I have um, more tolerance for it than you would. You're more cynical than I am in in some ways, uh, particularly with comedy. Like you like the you like darker stuff. You like harsher stuff. But I think there's I I was definitely entertained the first four episodes or so. I like Sudeikis. Yeah, and he's he's good. It's you might just be you might want to punch the fuck out of his character. My best friend reached out, who's not a positive guy. He's a nasty person, like I am. Um, and he likes it. He's like, "Have you seen Ted Lasso?" I'm like, "Are you are you're this coming from you?" Yeah. Like, so I'm like, "I'm mean, so, little... But then you have to have like I have Apple, but I don't really understand the Apple Plus. It seems confusing. Uh, it's not confusing. What do I, I have to sign up for? It is it? Did you pay the money or something? No? Uh, uh well, I got six months free or something. Oh my for God, the, you. Well, no, when you get the new big star. No, Does everyone else well, get that. Yeah, do our right. listeners get such? No, when you get a new iPhone, um, they oh. they like throw it in because they okay. want to get you hooked. Well, so I have you an old pay iPhone. For it later. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what your yeah, plan entails, motherfucker. Give me this. I don't know. Ask your wife. Yeah, I'll have to. I don't, I don't understand how it works. No, you don't. You, yeah. I'm like, ah, do I really want this Apple Plus? It just uh, seems it's like there's fun. not. I well, see that they have like a few shows. There are like, a few on there that I was interested in. You probably like that space one, right? There isn't the space one. Uh, uh, front Foundation? That's not out yet. It's out in how a few months. How about For All Mankind or something? Don't Isn't know it? that one. I haven't. I've been resistant. Space one you'd like. You I've to, been resistant to Apple Plus 2, by the way. So we're, we're on the same page of that. Know, everyone talks about it. Everyone, like, people talk about Ted Lasso. Uh, maybe watch a couple episodes. You might be really annoyed with it. Watch an episode. And I try to watch it. And I need to have the Apple Plus. You know, I was like, oh, I'll watch it on the, the TV. But I just have, fucking have, get the Apple Plus. Maybe you get it for free. Maybe get one of those plans. I guess I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a big radio producer or a big podcast producer like you. They won't give me that same offer. I don't know. Don't know. No, you how tell them when you go in to get your phone. You're like, listen. No, I, I got a phone. The Jerry in Callahan fact, podcast. I, I, Give me six months, bitch. I'm really sorry that I bought this iPhone because uh, the, 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 the iPhones fucking suck. They're great. They fucking suck. They're they make awesome. all sorts of decisions for you, and they're bad decisions. Decisions for you. They do. Uh, but tell it's okay. The first, uh, you might. It's definitely it's light, but there's some there's some creativity there. You might like it. Watch an episode. Okay. Anyway, bit. but they pull a bit from yeah. this, and it's kind yeah. of like mm, I get a little bit about that. All right. Um, so two thumbs up. We're both giving it a B. Yeah, I think it's good. Nice. It's I think it's funnier than I I was hoping. Performances are better than I remembered, and they really are. Yeah, and you got some great stuff. Tom Berenger, uh, so good. You know, he's really climbing up the charts in this show. He might be a friend of this show, oh, and I you haven't so. even seen. You don't watch Cheers because Matt doesn't. No, Matt doesn't watch television. I was thinking about going back and watching Cheers, but it's just not on anything that I pay for right now. So your Apple Plus. No, uh, I, I mean, do I have to guarantee it's better than fucking Cheers? Uh, I'm guaranteed them better. Ted yeah, there, you, there you go. You landed that one. Thanks. <laughs> you and Charlie Sheen landed jokes. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> it might be better. Set you on fire. I did watch it as a kid, but I just, I just fucking burning scalp. You son of a bitch. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I did watch Cheers, but it's so I did it as such a young guy. I don't remember all of it. <sighs> he's, very, you, he's very good. He's very he's very good. In, in he's only in three episodes. I, I thought it was more, but he's fantastic. He Tom Berger. Yeah, it sucks. I know. He, then he did Sniper, Sniper and he did a bunch got, of got stupid then, movies. Yeah. Did he even do Major League Two? I think he did. He was the he manager. Did, well, that's that's okay. I mean, that's Ugh, that's fine. But um, but he's so much better. I mean, than you that. understand why they just go back and do another one. But uh, so he there is one more great movie he's done we haven't covered. It's was it? Born on the Fourth of July. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, I am curious to see. Uh, hope we will see him in that. But Tom Berenger, I don't say friend of this show, but but pretty close. He's not he's quite been, Donald Sutherland, but and we don't like the Big Easy, but he's Big Chill. Built, oh fuck, we don't like the Big Chill, but he's quite good in it. He is good. He's the best part of it. Isn't yes, he? he is. I think Tom Burge is a friend of the show. Yeah, it's official. All right, we just All called right, it. Just uh, anything else about this? He's in Inception. We haven't seen that either. Small part. Though. He's in Inception. Small part. I didn't fucking remember that. Um, you can't even really call him in Training Day. He plays such a small role. Yeah, but we liked him in it, though, didn't we? Yes, of yeah, course. We yeah. yeah. 
It's good. That's uh, all I got. Okay. Uh, oh, we got no. We got two tours. Well, yeah, I knew. Are you ready to go? Look at you. Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I'm. You know, I'm focused for the show. You're a pro. <laughs> I do this every day. I'm a, I am a professional now, aren't I? You're such a loser. What do you mean I'm such a loser? You've just been singing my praises, and then you just pull the rug out from underneath me, loser. Uh, I mean, you're a big deal. Uh, you're right I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, two tours is great. I mean, I'm. You know. I'm not mad, so you know, you're, you know, you're probably more like me. You're not a big star, so you maybe you just enjoy having the gummies because uh, they're great. Even if you don't need to be famous to enjoy tutorials, you can just be a regular person and have a great time. Oh, the whole thing again? Or can we just edit out the blob? Yeah, okay. Edit out when you start talking. All right, so I'll, I'm gonna start again. Like, how was it? You're gonna say it's fucking great. <laughs> you and Barbara had a great time enjoying. No, because Barbara hasn't had it yet, so we're not even gonna talk right, so about I won't that. Ask that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll um, I'll ask you the sugar. Okay. All right, so you got the sugar. So what's what? You got the sugar. Yeah, you know, I told you what I do. This is right. I put this in my peanut butter. Yes. Like that's my dessert. Like I love ice cream, but I don't always have ice cream in the house because I can't control myself. So what do I do? You control yourself. I can't control myself with the ice cream. I just eat it all the time. Then I'm going to be one big fat motherfucker. And we don't want that, dude. Do we? We want me to be svelte. What? So what? What about ice cream? Is so. I love ice cream. I don't know, sugar. And you wanted it in Sanka. Like we're, we're, yes, I was really kind of disappointed that all I had was a- But they had ice little, cream in the concessions. No, they did not. They had these cheap ass, gro- like, uh, you know, convenience store ice cream sandwiches that were so cheesy and shitty. <laughs> so anyway, I can't control myself. So what do I do? But we don't keep it in the house all the time. I have a hard time control. You don't like sugar. That's your problem. You don't like chocolate. You don't like sweets. You don't like anything. You don't like anything bubbly. I, you don't I, like any food I had, whatsoever. I had, popcorn. So, I had popcorn at the movie at the movie theater. I love popcorn, but yeah. as you know, I'm allergic to popcorn, <laughs> so it sucks. It was so funny eating it. I was going to offer you stuff. I was like, "Oh, he's allergic," and I, I laughed. You're a son of a you know, bitch. I saw you eating it, and it just I was makes like, me laugh, "Son you know? of a bitch." Yeah, I know. It's funny, you know. But no. So what do I do instead? I have the peanut butter. I put the two tours sugar in there. Melts me the fuck out, and it tastes good. What if you had one popcorn kernel? Like, what would happen to you? I would die. No, I, no, no, I can handle it. I, I can handle fine. it. No, it's a... So it's one. No, we talked about this before. I had uh, high fructose corn syrup, and it made my lips blow up. It was, like, disgusting. I yeah. looked, like... I looked terrible. Terrible, yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah. So, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to even take the chance. Why even take the chance? I love popcorn. Mm. But, so I don't have pop... I would have popcorn as a snack at night. But that's a lot of carbs, too. I wouldn't do that, either. Would you trade your I mean, amazing <sighs> amount of fame... Not so you get have popcorn again? Like that was like a Oh a no, no, my fame is way more important to me than that. <sighs> anyway, so peanut butter, two tour sugar, tastes good, mellows me out. That's what I do. Just burying you in this ad read is so funny to me. Why would you bury me? This is basically I thought we were on the same team. We're not on the same team. I find a lot of joy in it. Uh, what I also find joy in is two tours. It's awesome. Uh, the gummies are great. Uh, get them sent right to your house. Can't go wrong with that. Best thing is promo code QW. You're getting 10% off. You're getting free shipping. We can't promise you Matt's level of fame. No. But we can give you 10% off and free shipping. Isn't that enough? <laughs> Jesus. I, should, <laughs> I wasn't ready at all for playing the music. Uh, is this one? Okay, here it is. Right. It's Like a Prayer from Madonna. Uh, like a, same, same album name, Like a Prayer. This was a uh, um, fourth album. She had just written and, and produced her last album. Uh, she had, you know, some help, but it was, she took a lot more creative control over the last album. What was it? True Blue? What's it? Blue? True Blue. True Blue. Thank you. 
She uh, has some songs on like the Who's That Girl soundtrack too. Yes, if you count that enough. It wasn't a full nah, album. I wouldn't yeah, that that's fair. I don't um, know. But she did take a little bit of time off, right? She had two flop movies in a row and a flop Broadway show in the row. Uh, and, and a divorce. And a divorce from Sean Penn. Sean Penn, not a, not a friend of the show. And uh, and then uh, and then went back into the, the studio, wanted to kind of prove herself again. So picked a new producer. Uh, it was uh, this guy, Patrick Leonard, who's brilliant, I think. A keyboard player, like really smart orchestrator. Uh, and Prince actually is on this album quite a lot as well. And uh, produced it and, you know, 15 million album sold. I don't think it's her strongest album, but it's not bad. There's a few things. Express Yourself is on here. Cherish is on here is a good one. And Like a Prayer is on. Uh, not my favorite of Madonna's song, but it's actually a really cool song that we'll get into in a minute. How do you feel about uh, Like a Prayer? The song's a banger. It's a great song. I like it. It's really not, good. Not my favorite Madonna, but it I like it. It might be my favorite. It's, it's, I think Borderline's my favorite Madonna. That's a great one. Um, This is in that I mean, at very least top five. I mean, you know, it might, you, you give me the right day. It's probably my favorite. It's, this, you know, I was going through it. It's like, shit, man, Madonna, it's like 15, like really good Madonna songs. Yep. She's quite, she's really good. She's become bizarrely underrated. I, I feel like, well, you know, she, she was, was probably, maybe, I don't want to say overrated, but she was definitely like held in such high esteem for so long. And then I feel like in the last 15 years, well, I mean, Right, no, she's not producing new material. That's, that's yeah, and she's like sixty five now or something. Oh, I know. You know, I mean, she's not relevant anymore. Yeah, but uh, her older stuff, though, unfortunately, has. I think people still play Michael Jackson songs a lot, right? And people still play. I feel like Prince songs you hear a lot. Like, yeah, wherever, wherever you go, I don't know, sporting events or anywhere, just kind of like at parties, whatever you you'll hear a lot of those. You'll hear yeah. those guys a lot more. You don't hear Madonna as much, and I don't know if it's because like Lady Gaga like market corrected her. Or it, if it's, um, who's also great, yeah. but, or if it's just like, oh, like we just haven't hit that. I bet in the next, here's a prediction time, folks, next five, 10 years, you're going to see a huge Madonna, Madonna sans, and it's going to be like, Madonna's going to get that like pickup again. But we have already had like a re, re, like go back to the eighties thing. Right. So is that going to happen again? Like, I feel like maybe 20 or 30 years. When, when did we do the eighties again? Like in the 2010s. Yeah. I mean, but, I, I don't Madonna know if that's really... going to happen again, but like, I just think you'll see her. You'll music. see her. You'll see like a resurgence. And maybe she is <laughs> terrible to say, but like, maybe it helps some of these guys to drop dead. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I want Madonna to drop dead, but you know, I think it might help your, uh, legacy. Prince wasn't as forward relevant in the last 10 years of his life as he was. He was still selling out stadiums. I saw him right. in, in Oakland. Right, you but know, he hadn't like, had a, he wasn't. No, it, no it wasn't like no was all over billboards. Not real. I mean, his old stuff, but not like right. new. I didn't, it wasn't like must buy his new albums. No, no one was, it wasn't getting airplay. Like no right. one was talking about yeah, it. No. New, new Prince stuff. No. So it could have been, yeah, it could be that. Um, I, I, it is, it's just, I feel bad for Donna because like these songs, they're not, they're fun songs. Like, they are fun songs. This song's a lot of fun. Like a lot of her stuff in the eighties is super fun. It would have to catch on with the younger generation. You're right. Cause, but uh, cause people our age though, had heard these songs like over and over and over and over. Like, so like, we're into, not going to do the it. groove. Like that's a, a great, song. that's a great song, right? Yeah. Okay. Like I bet if you asked, I don't know, a hundred people, 30 in their twenties, if they knew into the groove, I guarantee, I bet almost all don't. It's just not a song you hear a ton anymore. I, I don't blame not. them. I'm not saying they're st- I just, I just feel like time is kind of forgotten about a lot of hers. Like Material Girl, obviously, you know, like a virgin or even like Pop It On Priest to some extent. But I don't even know if that's also just because I remember them. Like people, like I don't feel like Thriller or Beat It or 1999 or like 
those, those, are, those songs like exist forever. They do. The, and the Madonna ones don't. Maybe those are better dance dance hall tunes than or or your club tunes than than Madonna's. I wonder if more people have done remixes of the Michael Jackson ones and the the Madonna songs. Certainly from like off the wall album. I yeah. feel like that's gotten like sampled to death. Yeah, oh that's the other thing too is not not just like uh, DJs doing it but but rappers doing it. You don't really see rappers I can't recall many rappers like sampling Madonna, which they should. Madonna was straightforward 80s pop. Like yeah, 80s, it, right? it really and was. It was this album yeah. is when it, she became more of like an artist or yeah. more of like uh, not what you'd expect. And, and I'm not saying, I love 80s pop. So her stuff in the 80s was awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's definitely worth going back and re-listening to it. Totally holds up if you're into that style. It's great. It's really great 80s pop music. It's awesome. Yeah. But that's, so I wonder if it was because it was like Michael Jackson and Prince weren't doing straightforward pop. They really weren't. They were, especially Prince was doing some really, Michael Jackson too. I mean, both of them were doing some interesting creative <sighs> stuff. I mean, Prince had just such a range. He was doing funk stuff. He was doing Do rock oh, stuff. He was yeah. doing ballad stuff. He was doing everything. He was writing shit for everybody. Donna really wasn't. She really wasn't. And then, you know, she, she had that kind of resurgence in the late 90s with uh, that Frozen song yep. and then um, uh, music. So, right which is a really good song. Yeah. Like, and that kind of put her, and that was a different style. And yep. I think it was really good. I think yeah, she late, made a good transition to a different style. I think up until music, except for that time we covered on the show, yeah. that, like boring ballad time. Yep. Like everything from 80, whatever, two or 83 till 2000 when music came out is great. Except for that one little, that little blip there, a few blip. years blip. And she got like super like, too into like sex. Like it became like, that was like all she talked about. It's like, well, yeah. just, you know, it was, it was right, too, that book. It was she, so one dimensional. Yeah. It was also so for shock. Like you're right. really talented. You don't need to do this. Um, except for that one little like moment in time, in the early nineties, everything she's done, I think it's great. I think you're right. Like the Vita soundtrack's even pretty good. I know. I don't, I don't know that much. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about Madonna. Like I, I just think it's, it's hard to, cause she doesn't, her voice is not that strong. It's not very strong here either. It's, I can't no, defend it. I've defended her in the of, past. Yeah. I can't, but the pro, the, what she does is she's such a great artist. She is. And she has such great, like you mentioned, the producer who oh is absolutely God. a genius that it works. It, it works. It does and then work. you have the choir totally in the background who does have a great voice. Yes. So it, it does works. work. Her songs work. She sounds good in her songs. It's fine. It's just, she's not going to be, she's not going to take that next leap to the elite status. You know, you can't just love her for her vocals, really. You can love her for her songs. And so I agree. it kind of has to all be there. And I then don't times know change. why. I think she, it's enough. It's oh, 15 great Madonna songs. She doesn't have to have a great voice. She could. She re- pulls it off. She, oh, totally. I agree. I agree. She doesn't need to do vocal gymnastics at all. No. And you're exactly right. I, but I wonder if that translates. But that didn't happen in the early 2000s because, you know, you started having Christina Aguilera. You had Mariah Carey. You had Whitney Houston. You had all these divas come up with Huge voices. Well, you know what killed her too was she did the MTV thing with, remember she was on stage with uh, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and like there's a kissing thing going yeah, on. I right. remember this correctly. That's right. And like, it just made her look so old. It was like, all yeah, right, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she w- did it to be edgy and like with the kids, but yeah. it made her look like a like, like an a, antique. She probably and like she never open. quite came back from that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, right. And then also, you know, she's got old, you know, it's tough. We mentioned before, like how, you know, it was very rare for especially women to have pop success 45 and over. It just doesn't, you know, Grace Slick and Cher, like we're the oldest. Yeah. Um, so it just doesn't really happen, you know. And, you know, but to have that, well, even that stretch she had was, was crazy. One thing, I want to talk about the music video real quick. We're not going to talk about the direct music video. Right, because we're going to talk about Yes, we're going to get there. Which is wild. Wild. Um, what a year for Mary Lambert. Um, but, uh in the video, I don't know why it hasn't become a meme, but she, at the end of the, this video, she knows she's doing a 
provocative song. She's definitely pushing some religious oh, stuff. Yes. Right? Okay. She, I love, and this is the energy that I love about Madonna. This is the energy that I, I love when I feel that way myself. She's like dancing with this mischievous grin at, at the end of the video. And yeah. It's like, I'm going to make everyone mad. Yep. And I like a smile on her face. And it is, uh, you know, it's funny. You never see that subtlety and that intelligence in her performances when she's an actor. She's not a very no. good actress. But when she's in this, in that moment, it's like, oh, that is, that is an intelligent woman that is fucking with us. She's got, you know, we're, she's the puppet master and she's going to make everyone go crazy. And she's laughing while she does it. It's awesome. I don't know why it's not a meme. Because it's like a great like shot of her just like, like it's based on her face. She's dancing. It's great. I think she pussies out at the end of this movie and, and, uh, and the video. Yeah. I uh, sorry. At the end of the video where she, you know, it's her on stage and the curtains go, it's like, she has to put two layers of abstraction between you and the viewer because it's cause she, she's afraid that it's going to be too over the top. She shouldn't have done that. That annoyed me that she's now she's on a stage. It's just this performance within this performance. It's like, uh, I don't that love the video. Me. I think the video has some narrative issues. I, I, oh did, I just the like video. the fact that she was willing to push no, the envelope. No, that is cool. And she's she a great was performer. smiling while yes, she did it. She's a great performer. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a wild video, too. Her dancing and, like, burning crosses and all sorts of crazy There's shit a lot going, of stuff on. going on. The other part, though, is it's like it does – I do have some – she does know how to push boundaries, and she does know how to move the needle and, and cause conversation, but – but this video does not make sense in context of the song to me. This song has nothing to do with that to me. No. And I and it's like, why? You don't have to. The song, actually, if you listen to this, I want to so, yeah, 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 so I'm gonna talk about it. the beginning of this song is crazy. I never I this I never really noticed. Here, this listen to this. Uh, okay, first of all, that's Prince. Yeah. Backwards playing guitar. This cacophony of, of like, almost like violence. And yes. then a big smack, which could be, which is, which is almost like a, like even like a coffin close. Well, it's a door or, slam, Or right? a door slam or something. That's how I envision it, but sure. And then, and so, so, so listen to that. And then it goes. Church organ. With the ooze in the background, right? And the silent prayer. She's singing a prayer. Little prayer. And then into, well, the sprinkles, which we'll talk about in a second. The celebration. So it's almost like that, that, that thing is the, is the entire song, the entire movement of the song, which is like this almost like violent life or, or cacophonous life into, into like a, a moment, a door slam, a coffin slam, a hit on the head, a violent moment to like mourning and prayer and death to celebration, which is like the arc of the entire song in the first 15 seconds of the song. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. It's awesome. It's so cool. And then, like, and then if you listen to the song, so the verse is so, it's so weird. The verse is, um, is contemplative, reflective. It's the prayer. And then the chorus is the celebration. You know, it's like after the funerals, the celebration. 
And then this great bridge too, which is her singing the the vocal melody again over this uh, this different uh, music section. Yes. So brilliantly done. It's really good. It's a really uh, interesting song and it holds up really well because it's so unique. Those bells too are Mercy Street, by the way. Um, here it is. Not exactly. It's not a sample from Mercy Street, but uh, the but the I, I mentioned the um, the producer before this guy Patrick Leonard. He said this is his quote. He said the Lamb lies down on Broadway, Genesis, Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall. That's what I grew up with, and that's what I dreamed of doing one day. He recalled in 1982, I was a big uh, Gentle Giant fan, which is another prog rock band. I was a huge Jethro Tull fan, Genesis, of course. But I had to feed my children and heat my house, so I wrote some songs with a little girl who became extremely popular. But he loves Genesis, loves Peter Gabriel. So he he, he snapped up the Peter Gabriel Mercy Street. Oh, my just, Matt just knocked his microphone. I get so excited when I talk oh about God, Peter went, Gabriel. We went crazy. He goes Peter Gabriel. So snapped up that Peter Gabriel uh, and, and put that in there in the uh, in the beginning of the song too. But it's just brilliant production in the it's, beginning. It there. sounds it's, it's great. So amazing. It's an interesting album. It has a lot of like weird. I think this is the best song on the album. Um, it's, yeah, I think so. I like Express, Express Yourself. Yourself a good song. They're both good. It's very good. Yeah. It's just not. I don't think it's up to the standard. Like this is a great song. Now, 1989. Let me turn my. You going back down? Turn the volume up to hear the song, and I, I hear, hear myself. I'm sure you guys love it. Um, I. Uh, nine was such a weird year for music. So you had Paul's Boutique, which is, yeah. I mean, the best Beastie Boys album. I think it's maybe, maybe the best album ever. It's, isn't that a conversation for me? You have this album, which is quite good. A really interesting spin on pop. Then you have, I know Matt's not as much of a fan as I am. Obviously, Nostalgia Reasons. But then, you know, Prince comes out with the Bat Dance album. Yeah. Which, whatever you want to say about it, it's weird as fuck. It's, it's super weird. And, uh, and, you know, we're doing Fine Young Cannibals uh, uh, tomorrow, which is an interesting band, too. Yeah. So you have, like, and, uh, you know, this is just scratching the surface, but, like, 89, you know, when I think 89, I think, like, oh, a lot of hair metal. But, like, that's not necessarily the case. Like, it's more like 90. Like, this definitely had hair metal, don't get me wrong. But you also had a lot of weird stuff happening, which is, I think, pretty exciting. Like, this album is fucking bonkers. It's, a, it's another example of a time period where the music was so eclectic and weird. You're right, because you had Guns N' Roses had just come up. Yes. Uh, it, they're, they're, the full spectrum all is, over the place. is being played on popular music. Right. The full spectrum. Which is awesome. The other thing about Prince is, so he's, he, again, he's everywhere. He's also love song from the album. The, the, the whole thing yeah. is Prince. He's he's everywhere. It, 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 this is a fun one. If you haven't if you haven't like listened to this one, it's definitely worth just throwing on and like just you know doing the dishes to it. It's a fun album, or like it's it's deep enough. Like Matt was showing, like with with some of the the subtleties in there, you can also just like just like chill out and just listen to it. Like it, it's something for everyone. Yeah. It's and but this is what Madonna does so well. And you know we talk about you talk about the video of Madonna like is edgy and stuff. I like the edginess here because I feel it's mischievous and it's fun. It's like it's. I don't know. I like when she's like kind of making fun of us for being so puritanical, but I just think it just goes a step when it be, when it becomes less about having fun with it and more about like, uh, the, like I said, the stuff with the erotica stuff and there. Yeah. It just felt forced Too forced. This feels like natural. Like she's like, no, I want to be mischievous. I think that it, feels like, Oh, I'm doing this to make money. I can see that. I just think like if they were, it's, if they were, only if they were separated art. So if the video was one thing and the song was one thing, I'd kind of, I would buy it a lot more, but them together doesn't make sense. It's not what the song, when I read the lyrics and I yeah. listen to it, it doesn't sound like, I mean, there's obviously there's the sexual overtones a bit, but it's also about being like, it is a prayer. It's a prayer and a celebration. It feels like a funeral to me. It's like, this is, you know, 
she's kind of calling out to God or to a higher power. And then, but there's also a celebratory part like, oh, I've been accepted. And yeah. So I bet it doesn't seem like the whole, like the racism overtones or all the race, not overtones, like exactly. Yeah. Racism and Ku Klux Klan stuff and witnessing a murder. There's a lot going on. That I'm not, it's I'm like, not, it's too I much. I don't love the video. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I do love that end with her having fun. Have you, have you, uh, do you like the song um, Funeral for a Friend by Elton John? It's a, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a lot of lyrics yeah. in it, but yeah. it has some of the same kind of feelings as yeah. this, where it's very, you know, obviously funeral for a friend. It's very much like has like kind of that church feel to yeah. it. Um, uh, but it's, it, but it does kind of amp up. Like you start by like that celebration, that celebratory element. It has some of those. And I mean, it is, the video does make is there are a lot of complex emotions in that video too. Um, and I mean, and she's Catholic and there's a lot of complex emotions. You know, you've got guilt and, and all sorts of stuff kind of wrapped up in it. So it does evoke that. I just, just doesn't seem right with the song. That's all. Yeah. But anyway, I like the song. Song's it's a great. great. Song. Yeah. I actually think this is one of the best songs we've yeah. covered. Um, I don't know if it would be my top five, but it'd be damn close. Certainly my top 10. Fantastic song. That was Good. great. Definitely recommend people work up with something to listen to. Go back, check out, like I said, a lot of her stuff that, that isn't hits, in my opinion, isn't always the best. But right. the hits definitely stand, stand the test of yeah, time. Yeah, very good. They're really good. She's yeah. great. She's great. Um, cool. All right. Where yeah, was I? You? I just burped. Um, Thanks for telling That's me. That's right now. Why, why, I want to explain to the listeners why. I, was I think talking. we heard it, but it is all right. I'll amplify it. I'll put How some delay on it. Yes, thank you. Uh, Matt hates this stuff. I don't care. It's fine. I just think it's whatever. It's so juvenile. No, it's not even that. I'm not even that so, guy. So I don't know why you pegged me as that guy. I'm not the Who guy. Is, it's no just like, that guy. It's just you've done this before. Continue. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to tell a story that happened in, uh, on June 23rd, 1989. So, uh, I know this is April, so we're going to, that's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the day we moved. That's the day my family moved, um, from, uh, uh, Deer Park, New York and Long Island. We moved to New Hampshire. Uh, and it was really like just one of those days. It's just such a, you know, I'd lived in Long Island for, you know, since I was two. So it's really the only home I, I knew at that time. And leaving New Hampshire, you in New York was such a big deal. I was leaving all my friends. I was leaving like, my whole world. Like that's yeah. what I knew was this world in New York. And um, I was excited about moving to New Hampshire, but I was like, I didn't really even know what I was like getting myself. Like I didn't, I never moved before. It all just seemed kind of foreign, exciting, but also like really yeah, scary. Yeah, you picture New Hampshire in your head? I mean, I'd been there. Oh, I mean, been. we went there like, like to see the house and stuff, yeah, but okay. I didn't like, I didn't know who my friends were going to be. I didn't know, like, I didn't know even what my, I knew what my school looked like from the road, but I hadn't been. I just yeah. didn't know. It just yeah. seemed new. And I was kind of excited about a new adventure, yeah. but I was like, this was kind of a sad, it was also my last day of fourth grade. So finished fourth grade, get off the school bus and basically jumped in the U-Haul and left. Um, say goodbye to my neighborhood friends. And we, we, we were, we left and um, I was excited, but sad. Um, and my dad, uh, so in the car was um, my mom, uh, my mom, my sister, and uh, a couple aunts um, were making the trip. Oh, we're in a separate car. Yeah. And then the car with me was my uncle Vinny, my father and my cousin. So we were in like the U-Haul. It was a big enough U-Haul or a truck, whatever it was. We had, had a backseat. Okay. Um, so we, you know, we were in that car and then I think my mom must've had the family car. It must've been why we were in two separate, cars. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, we make our way up there and then my mom and sister were going to stop by, um, uh, they, they, we were going to go right to New Hampshire. They were going to stop in Massachusetts and visit my grandmother because they hadn't seen, they hadn't seen Angie in a while as a baby and, and they wanted to do that. Sure. So, um, we get up there and my dad's like, we get up there. My dad wakes us all up at like nine in the morning. We get there. We all just kind of go to sleep, you know, cause we'd just driven all day, you know, I've been to schools. You know, it's a lot going on. Yeah. 
So then like 9 a.m. my dad's like, all right, let's go. Time, time to start moving, you know. My dad, and we're like, do we want to wait for my uncles to get here and other people to get here? And he's like, nope, I want to do it now. All right, great. So my Uncle Vinny and I look at each other, we kind of roll our eyes. Like, oh, <laughs> typical, typical, because my Uncle Vinny's uh, my father's younger brother. So he's been dealing with this whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah, all right, here we go. Yeah. Already wants to go, uh, you know, do something. There's no, there's no negotiation. So, uh, you know, we have breakfast, we get up and we start, he's like, all right, let's go. So we start moving stuff. And um, my dad was a stage hand um, in, uh, in New York City. He was a stage hand for New York City Music Hall uh, and was a stage hand for uh, a show called Me and My Girl, Marriott Marquis. Also done other shows as well, done TV. But he basically had spent 1974, 1989 lifting stuff. He was very good at lifting stuff. He was a skinny guy, not as skinny as me. But he, he was bigger than Carano, but not too much bigger. Uh, he's a pr- pretty, pretty slim guy, but he could just lift anything. This is what he yeah. did. He's just, he's a, yep. you know, he just had... So all, you know, it was his career. So he had endure. He knew how to lift. He knew how to pace himself. He just knew all the right things to do. Um, my uncle was a stagehand too, but wasn't quite as good as my dad. He just didn't, you know, but he was good too. And they were, they were lifting stuff. They could move anything. And then my cousin and I were both kind of taking the lighter stuff. Yeah. You know, typical move. Um, so we're moving. And this is June 23rd, 1989. So it was definitely a warmer day for sure. Uh, and then we're about, I don't know, say about three quarters down the truck. And my dad said, hey, I need to take a break. And my uncle and I looked at each other and that was the first time I realized like something's not right. My yeah. dad never took a break for anything. Like he was the guy that was just like, like you, you know, I'd have to say dad, I didn't take five. Like, cause he was just like, he was just, he was a, he's a monster. He just, 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 this is all he did is his career was like lift stuff. So like he knew how to, he just, this is like, this is like cakewalk for him compared to what he used to have to do sure. at the music hall. I and mean, they would have whole concerts and stuff. Like this is moving a house. It's not, a, not that big of a deal. Yeah. And he's only, 36, 37. So he's not an old guy. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, he, I remember him like on the um, back, you know, those moving trucks have like a little ledge, you know, you can, uh, and I remember him sitting there and being like, kind of catching his breath. My uncle and I were like, what the hell? Maybe, and we just kind of, I talked to him about it later on because uh, it was kind of a, a big moment for both of us. And, um, and, uh, and we both said it was the first time we'd seen him. It was funny, in New York, we never saw him do, but the second we got to New Hampshire, I don't know if something clicked psychologically with him or finally it would just it would warm down enough where um and he wouldn't be diagnosed with cancer we'll get into that story when we hit uh 1990 he wouldn't be diagnosed until october of 90 this is of course june of 89 so his health progressively got that summer he was in pretty good health it was actually the last summer we had where he was healthy and that first yeah, summer in hampshire yeah, was great yeah, yeah. but then in the fall he started really declining he started sleeping a ton and the health really really disintegrated from there but um that's the first sign it was the very first, it was just so, my dad had this weird life it was so uh, show Shakespearean, like high, high, great ups, and then like a whoa, 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 whoa. He's, you know, he's homeless, he's a kid, yeah. but you know, but he had, yeah. he had a great, great marriage, so he had a great wife, but then he also like had, you know, had horrible things happen in his life. And of course, the second he finds peace in New Hampshire, literally the day he finds peace in New Hampshire, he, you know, he, he's sick. Uh, did he, was he gonna have a, was he at a, did he have a job set up here? No, in New was he gonna do something? Yeah. So he retired from um, working in stagehand, he had a pension. Um, at 36. Uh, yeah, because he had done it for 15 years. So he had Crazy. a pretty good pension. Yeah, Union had, was good about that. I mean, these guys can only do it for so long. Yeah. They, you know, it's very yeah. physically demanding. Right. The broad, thank God my dad did the Broadway job. Yeah, I think he was also on purpose. The music hall job was out of control. So my dad first started working for the music hall um, in the 70s. Um, you'd have, you play six movies a night. So it was a lot of just like doing the curtains. It was pretty chill. Yeah. But then in 1980, and we'll talk about that when we hit that year, but... Um, uh, Disney, I believe, bought the music hall out. It was going to go out of business. Disney bought it. Right. My dad always would have had a job. They just would have, he was in the union. It would have just shifted him somewhere else. But he wanted to stay at the music hall. It's what he liked. And it's where yeah. he was happy. And they shit, they, uh, 
when that happened, Disney's like, we don't care about the movies. We want concerts here. And that's kind of what you have now, but in the 80s, it was more intense. So you'd have like Starship. Yep. All of these, oh, Grateful Dead, a bunch. That was my dad's favorite. Like they were the nicest, not my favorite band, but the nicest people. Sure. Yep. Uh, all these, uh, all these shows, Night of 100 Stars was there. Like all of these big shows were there. It became less about the movies. I did see movies there as a kid. Um, uh, Return to Oz um, had their uh, premiere there. I got to see that um, when I was like five or six. Um, but uh, movies became like a forgotten thing there. It became, but the, these bands come in, they have so much shit, dude. I know. And you got to like, it became a whole different job. And the hours became insane, like loadouts and load-ins. It wasn't like my dad was like, I liked pulling curtains for a movie theater. Like now I'm like lifting these giant speakers. It was a fucking wild. And these bands, you remember back then, like these bands would come in with like wild shit. Like Kiss would come in or whatever. Yep. They're fucking insane shit. Right. Um, and so, you know, in 85, he's like, I don't know, you know, at that point he's 33. He's like, I don't know. Like, and so then he wanted to do Broadway as much. When you open a show, it's a lot. You're building sets. You're getting all this stuff together. But once the show is set, it's the show. Right. You and might have he, to repair some shit. Right. Yep. But like, it's pretty, it's the same fucking thing every time. Yeah. And my dad got lucky with me. He took him a couple, he did a couple, he bounced, in, including Starlight Express, which was a kind of a bomb. Yeah. And there's one, either, it was a one night uh, open. Yeah, sorry, right. That. Uh, I think I told that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, me and my girl actually lasted uh, until September of 89. So it even lasted beyond us being there. But then he, and then it was great for him physically because it was the same shit every day. Yeah. He still was lifting stuff. But it yep. wasn't, it was much more like the music hall in the 70s. Um, but then, you know, we get to New Hampshire, but then, like I said, by, by the winter of 89, he is sleeping 16, 17 hours a day. Like he, he's just like, and he's only 37. It's so wild. Like what happened to this guy? Uh, and he's like, you know, he couldn't get, he's trying to get diagnosed, whatever. And, and no one, no one knew what was wrong with him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, so that was the moment I realized, oh shit, like something's June 24th is when I realized something was, was potentially, no, obviously. No, but you'd never seen him like that before. It was, it was a change. Weird. Yeah. It was a, it was a record scratch moment. I mean, it would have been. You know, it could have been a cold, and he just right. And been, so, right. So I talked to my uncle about it, and, he, and we both thought it's funny. We both the same idea. We both thought he had the flu. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe he just come down with something. Exactly, because it wasn't a big deal. He still was lifting stuff. I mean, he took his five minute break. We finished the truck. It wasn't a big deal. But um, but yeah. But it was the first. But you've like, never seen it. No. My, yeah. And my uncle obviously grew up with him and worked with him. My uncle was also a stagehand, so like he'd worked with him for fifteen years at various places. And he's like, I'd never seen already do that. Is your uh, is your Uncle's still staging? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. He's not staging. No, he's 70 now. He's in Arizona. He retired, um, 95. So not, not soon after. They were only, my uncle and my dad were exactly a year and a half apart. Okay. So he did um, into like maybe his early forties. Yeah. You can yeah. only do it so long. He worked, yeah. um, his big, so he shifted. He was in the musical along with my dad. And then he worked the Who's Tommy. Yeah. Um, and said so Pete Towns was a great guy. Really, really cool. But he did that show and that's what he did until he retired. I think that show outlasted him too, oh, wow. but that was his thing where he got, cause that's what every stage that's hand dreams. You, you just want to catch on to that Broadway show. Right. Cause it's, the schedules are, it is six days a week and it does suck, but you still get it. You know, you have that one day off. There's no load ins and load outs. That's the biggest thing. Cause you're working. Oh, Christ. Those guys would work fucking, they would have cuts. They would work like 36 hours straight. It's mad. And their list. It's not like just hanging out. They're fucking, it was just, they'd work those guys to death. Some yeah. of them did die. Like yeah. it was just crazy. And then, but the Broadway life was much more relaxed. I mean, it was I, just, it was a lot of hours, but at least it was structured. I get, you know, stories from my buddy on the road who does pro audio, and it's a, it's a very similar situation. They, you know, he lives for when they can be in one place at one time. So he's done a, like oh, a lot of the it. Dead and Company and yeah. some of the spinoff bands from them, and they'll do, yeah, they'll do like a little bit of a residency. They'll be in the same place for a few days or something, and he lives for those because then he can, it's the same hotel. You're not packing in, packing up. Sometimes you have time off during the day. 
But the travel days suck and then loading life. in. And, the no, traveling, and then you add the travel on top. At least my dad didn't have to travel because that adds a whole element. He does. It. The good thing is, is it's a shorter uh, time frame a lot of times. Like you'll, there's like a, definitely a peak season for doing concerts. I mean, COVID, I don't know, it's fucked everybody. But, but there's a peak season where he'll work, I don't even know, five months and then the rest of the year he's off, basically. And he's, yeah. he, he, he makes enough money where it's totally worth doing it. I also think he's such a smart guy. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting situation because he's such a smart, 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 smart guy. And I think it keeps his mind really active, what, specifically what he's doing, because he has to pay really, he's got to be really focused. Because you could die. I mean, you you're hanging speakers. You could, you, there's just a well, ton the curtains, of shit. I mean, they're called, you know, yeah. you could kill your actors. Right. They trust you with their lives. Right. There's a whole, right. They're teetering. Think of the orchestra pits. Or it's like zero tolerance for error. I mean, yeah. the show's got to go live. It has to sound good. Right. So there's a shit ton you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I think he likes that because of the activity and he's seeing new places and that type of stuff. And then he makes enough where he can, but then like the rest of the year, he's just kind of, he, he sort of like rests and recoups. Oh, I bet. Um, tough life. It is a tough life, yeah, but, it did, but there, if you, you know, that was stationed in one place. So he's not working. You're round. Yeah. And, uh, but he said the best gig though, he would do fill in work, uh, until he got me and my girl, yeah. uh, between even with the music hall, sometimes he'd pop in, he would do soap opera stuff. So if some, <laughs> if a stage jam was going to be out, yeah. he, he was the best gig because you had different sets every time, but it was kind of the same thing. And yeah. the hours are super chill. Like they don't, it's very, it's a cat. It's, it's a very relaxed thing. So he did that. And the other thing he did, which he liked to do, which kind of kept his mind, uh, active. I think with me and my girl, he'd be like, I think sometimes you'd be get a little bored because it's the same thing every day. So he would, uh, if the Met- Metropolitan Opera House had a huge show, uh, they would call my dad in because my dad was one of the best carpenters in, in New York at building sets. Yeah. And he would have him come in and he would build some of the, the sets for, um, because, uh, you know, it, it might be a unique thing because the Opera House might not be used to something. It might be a bizarrely grand thing or something or just a, a unique thing. And they would call my dad, a couple of other guys in, and they would kind of consult but also help build some of these new sets. Yeah. Coolest thing my dad did before we get to headlines. Yep. 1986, the only reason I just, uh, I saw, I took Staten Island Ferry with Laura and uh, when we were in New York a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yeah. Uh, in 1986, the Statue of Liberty had its uh, 100th anniversary. And my dad, uh, they had union guys help weld her face together again. Jesus. So my dad, there's pictures of my dad. like. Oh my God. Like, Welding like her nose. It's like wild, 200 man. feet. Oh, I don't even know what tallest yeah, thing is. Yeah, my dad did not care about heights and stuff. Couldn't even think about like walking the wires and like, yeah. you're walking, like Radio City Music Hall was so high. Like he, he would go on these, he just walked. So one time he put me, he's like, do you want to go on? I'm like, I'm, I don't know, I'm seven. I'm like, sure. My dad's like, yeah, crazy. Just, he's like, all right, go on, go on. Come on with me. I went, I'm like, fuck no. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was so scared. Yeah. He's like, just come on out. It's not that bad. I'm like, dad, this is fucking crazy. I'm not doing that. He's like, I'm not, I'll, I'll hold you. You're not going to fall. I'm like, I am good. Thanks. I'm out. But he, no, he, so he like, you know, it's cool because they haven't done, you know, like he, he worked on Satchel Verde's face. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah, awesome. Your torch, yeah. you know, and like, cause they were getting it nice for that hundredth anniversary. You know, right. they, uh, it was even on this, uh, the license plates in New York was the Satchel Verde's yep. uh, centennial, but they had a huge thing. Like, uh, Ronald Reagan was, was there like uh, the July 4th, 1986 thing. Uh, it was, it was a big deal. And, um, uh, that's one of the coolest things he did. He, was, he, he thought it was really neat to be able to work on Statue of Liberty. Yeah, so that'd be really cool. He got to do some really cool, interesting projects where some really neat people had this crazy, interesting life. Um, uh, but he was happiest in New Hampshire, though, believe it or not. Uh, even though he was sick, and even though he wasn't doing exciting stuff, he was happiest here. So. It's a good spot. Yeah, I think so. That's, what, that's all he wanted. Dude, I, wanna, I want a soap opera gig so bad. That just seems so fun. 
It's like a new script every day. It's loose. That the, I should, Everybody's, you can't take it too seriously. The very best gig in Hollywood, I guess, is uh, Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy. Oh, God. Because yeah. they tape like a bunch of shows in like a three-week span. Yeah. And then you're off for like months. Yeah. It's like, it's the chillish job. That's why Pat Sajak and Alex Trebek and Vanna White never left. Because like you work really hard, like you whatever you have, work really hard. It's not that, not that hard. No. But like you do this thing for like, I don't know, like a couple of weeks and you have like a month. Off. It's a wild schedule. It's crazy. I'd love, I'd love to do Jeopardy. That would be so fun. That's like the, the, oh yeah. I mean, I think it's so like, fun. That's like the dream job, but also for the stage chance too. Like think about it. Like, you know, you get to, you know, you move stuff around. It's the same, same fucking set. Yeah, it's the same set. And hard. And oh. you know, um, uh, we had a family friend that, uh, he, he stage hand, he worked Letterman. And that was a fun thing, but um, Letterman would incorporate the, ca- like, so he'd be on yeah, camera because yeah, yeah. Letterman was so crazy. Yeah. My dad was never on camera and stuff, but he ended up doing Letterman for a while and then he ended up doing SNL. But he said SNL was so much fun because of all the different sets. It was yeah. like a puzzle each week. It was really, it was like, the, this is the most challenging job. This great guy, Steve. He's like the most challenging job I ever had and the most like interesting. And he also did the music hall. He's like, SNL is the craziest. Must be. You know, it's all live too. Like talk about like, you know. Zero tolerance. Oh, it's just wild. Just gotta do it. Um, headlines. I only have two this week. Okay. Really? Nothing going on this week. It was why, and I had to like drag these two out. It was just a, you would think April, like, oh, that's it going on. Yep. Nope. Uh, one of them is like half of a story. Uh, Abby Hoffman had died a couple weeks earlier, or a week earlier. Yeah. But they finally, because they didn't know what killed him. But on April 18th, they finally ruled it a suicide. And that is still controversial to this day. Um, but I think it's more accepted now, especially that we know a little bit more about like mental illness now. Yeah. Um, but when it happened, a lot of his friends, like he would never do this. But like, you know, we've seen with like Kate Spade or Anthony Bourdain, like, well, I mean, sometimes you can appear very happy or sometimes you can be very happy and then mental illness can, can just creep up. And, and you know, it, it's, it's not, it, we didn't know a lot about it in 1988 that we, or 89 that we do now. Um, but it's interesting to read the article back then. Like people were just defiant. Like no way this could happen. It's like, I mean, well, some people put on a brave face. Like they're just acting and, and inside of they're torn up. I mean, yeah. And he had, if you look at his past, obviously a very controversial sure. figure and, and definitely acted bizarrely at times. Well, like, conflicts well, is, yeah. It's yeah. There's definitely some, some things there. Um, yeah. uh, but interesting guy for sure. Uh, yeah. April 20th, uh, a quick thing here. Not, I want to say not even much of a story, but just an interesting snapshot in time. Um, George Bush, the elder, of course, yeah. is president. It was only, he had just about at his 100th day mark as president. Do you want to guess his approval rating? 60. Wow, Carano coming. I know it was high. 61. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. He was very popular. And then obviously the Persian Gulf stuff, then, you know, he was know. Like off the charts. And but no then, new taxes sunk him and all that. Oh my God, yeah, talk about a drop. I mean, just the recession just killed him. Um, but uh, yeah, so this moment in time, you know, we're coming off Reagan. Um, you know, Bush has been in office for three months. And he's very, very popular. It's a very high approval rating. You know, I don't like any president ever, but I would really- <laughs> It's a normal take. I, I would really appreciate uh, George Bush the Elder right about now. I'd, I would much prefer oh. that. Well, he was a little bit of a hawk. I'd, yeah, but he was- it, it's, it's a bad scene. It's a bad scene right now. This is a bad. This, we're taping this, this, this on a Thursday, of course. You know, think about you know. This is the Afghanistan day we've lost withdrawal. And, we've lost twelve. Oh my god, yeah. um, Americans and you know, the administration nowhere to be found. I mean, it's just it, it, this yeah, whole thing. I, I'm we're we're both very we're peaceful people. Yes. We don't like war at all. No. Much prefer no military engagements at all. I mean, at all. Um, but watching what's going on is it's, it's horrifying. It's, it's horrifying to watch. It's not great. There doesn't seem to be a lot of. I would hope. I would have hoped that people accountability. Who spend, yeah, I'd hope people have spent their lifetime in Washington, 
would have a better handle on these things. And it doesn't. It's appear like amateur, they do. That, that's amateur hour there. Like, right I don't know. I don't I mean, I, I, you know, uh, who am I? But it seems like the Taliban and ISIS have been bad guys for a long time. 20 years. Yeah. I wouldn't expect. It's not like they like just, oh shit, like whatever. Like Canada's bad. Oh fuck. Oh. We got blindsided. Right. It's like, no, the Taliban ISIS, like, they haven't liked us for a long time. This, no. isn't, this isn't a new development, guys. I don't know if you missed what happened 20 years ago uh, in September, but uh, these guys aren't our fans. I think it's <laughs> mostly, uh, you know, at least the sentiment that I've seen is like people think, yeah, it's time to time to leave Afghanistan, but um, not not like this. I'm thrilled we're leaving Afghanistan. Exactly. I just, just I, I would have hoped we could have had a better plan here i mean i mean i know everyone feels the same way but, but and just, i also feel for the people so what I, the official narrative right now is like 1500 people 1500 americans still stuck there i think it's probably more than that i think it's probably 1500 in kabul that they can account for but i think there's a lot more contractors still in country i feel for them you know the official narrative is like duck like you know we can't guarantee your safety duck and cover in your homes like stay out of not, sight that's not what they're saying they're saying two things they're saying but if you don't get to the airport by this day you're fucked i know, I know. so it's, it's not it's, staying in your homes it's, 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 get here or else it's both i've seen both well, yeah, but imagine, so like, I know. guess what? Both options suck. Both options suck. If you stay suck. home, they're going to find you. Guess what? You know, I know. They, Going they, door to door. They they've you. got lists. They've got uh, you can't, And you also you can't, stuff. even if they don't find you, you can't hide forever. No, you can't. And then I mean, the other option is like, take this hellish journey to this Kabul airport. No, I feel for them. There's no good, there's no good options right now. It sucks. And I feel, you know, terrible for uh, our Afghan allies who put themselves in great risk to help the, the, you know, the American oh. soldiers and interpreters and, and, you know, heads of state, all that. And there's, I've seen completely hung out to dry tens of like the, the upward number of that is like 70,000 people and they're just going to get tortured and killed. And it's, and it's I, I feel for them. It's really, it's, awful. it's so sad. It's like it's, really sad. It's really, it's really sad. It's just, it's, and um, of course I've got to be in it all the time too. I got to watch right. this because of the, the part, which is fine. Like I like doing what I'm doing, but this, this, this is a sad week for that. I do. Well, well, well last thing before we go, I yeah, yeah, go ahead. it's just like, I see a lot of this, like, you know, Joe Biden needs to resign. It's like, well, that's not going to happen. Like, you know, like, you know, you hear that same call. I always, always make fun of everyone making fun of like Trump needs to resign. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not going to quit. It's like, Biden's not going to quit. Like, you, we get that, right? Like, do I mean, people I, really do Like, he's not going to resign, guys. Like, guess what? I think. Presidents don't resign. Well, it's happened. There, but it hasn't, it's, really. It's super, yeah, super rare. Super rare. Nixon didn't Nixon. resign. I thought he did resign. Well, he did, but he's going to be impeached a day later. Yeah, Is that really right. resigned? Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. No one quits, guys. Yeah. But I don't think it'll get through the impeachment. It might. I don't know. There might be enough. Light. This looks so bad. I mean, you hear from our allies, like, it, but like this call to have him resign is such yes, a waste not, of space. Like, stop saying it. It's dumb. I he's do. He's not going to quit. I don't know. I could see that his administration throws him under the bus, says that he's senile, pins the whole thing on him, and a lot of moving 25th. parts. Yeah, but presidents typically finish out terms. They're gonna, but they're yeah. There's the he's problem is their administration in. knows they're gonna lose some elections because of this. Well, I think you might see if you're gonna see pullback, right? It'll be leading up to the the, the midterm. Obviously. Yeah, right. But the idea like this is gonna happen in August of his first term. Like, stop! Like, just stop saying it's, it's probably stupid. not gonna happen. It's just it's just posturing. We saw it from the left. We will see it for the right. I hate everybody. Everyone's everybody, everybody sucks. Yeah, everyone agree. sucks. Like, stop saying it. It's not gonna quit. I also though like I mean you can not some, like him. That's fine. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I also like the no nuance either it's like you have oh. some nuance it's like we want to go it was a debut like both things are true yes don't be part don't and now and i don't want now i'm seeing hot people who are on the right side of this earlier there's some congress uh congress people that said some some of the right stuff done like tom cotton has done we, he, was, he was pulling people out like he was trying to pull people out so that's all good stuff but then you have like the same people who are working to pull pull people out who are now like using it using what's happening as as 
a reason to like go back in. It's like, what, are we going to start to cycle up again? We gonna, oh, we yeah. going to put that's more what, troops in again? I'm, it's like, come on. Yeah, I'm dreading that. Like, Come on. I hope we do, if, you know. Have some nuance. I, in Biden's defense, I mean, I, I voted for him, so, you know, could come after me, I guess. But in Biden's defense, by the way, I'm not happy at all as it turned out. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I regret voting for Biden, but I'm not saying I'm happy I did either. Uh, I wasn't happy when I voted for him either. Uh, this is going to be a clusterfuck no matter what, but it definitely could have, it could have been handled 10 times better. So I'm not making, absolutely. Excuses. I mean, I mean, maybe we would have lost some folks on the, on the withdrawal, but like, you, you, you know, it, now it's a, it's a, but it's complete, very sad it's at the end of the day. It doesn't, well, I don't care what side you're on. Like, no, it's like, super you know, sad. Like it's just fucking, and you're right. Those, those Afghan, you know, obviously the Americans are important. That's we're American. I get it. But uh, you're right. Once those, once that last plane leaves on August 31st and you have whatever, 50,000 uh, left or whatever are left, I mean, like it's going to be fucking, it's going to be wild times over there. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, well, what was the point? 20 oh, years. Well, well, that's why me and you hate war because every war ends with us saying, it does. I mean, yeah. With some exceptions. Yeah. But, World War II was it? Right. I mean, okay. I get that. You got Nazi Germany right. running around, going from country to country, taking more space and, uh, you know, killing a bunch of people. Yeah. There, there is a reason to have a military. There are some times, but like, but, Agreed. You know, but like a lot of times though, it's just like, it's, you know, especially with these police, especially now as of technology and you know, it's just, it's just, it's rough. Yeah. I know it's bad. It's not a good day. Uh, but that's our quantum week. Hopefully, uh, by the time you hear this, things are better. Bum, 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 bum. Ending on a happy note. <laughs> fucking weird song. Uh, Matt, Matt's, Matt's. Well, it, it sucks to end like this. Sorry, everybody. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> some, some things are sad, Matt. That's how it goes. Uh, nothing's happy. Uh, we are back tomorrow with Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And Find Young Cannibals. Yes. She drives and, me crazy, I think, right? Yes. I think so, right? Yeah. And then, also um, thing, but yeah. We are back uh, next week. Big show. Big show. Die Hard. Yep. Um, and then that's it. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. We'll see you. Bye.